new next-gen Xbox rumors come to light that aren't really rumors. The Doom machine is rolling against dedicated handhelds once again, and while Luke Plunkett thinks it's stupid to hate Call of Duty, we don't necessarily think so. That plus more on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett. I'm here with senior editor and Yakuza assassin Rob Hill Williams. Why? Also, all of my ridiculous comments tonight are brought to you by stupid people and also Crake and Rum because, guys, it's called Crake and Rum, and why aren't more people drinking it? Okay, that was not an advertisement. <laughs> and uh you sponsor for the Mashcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, we, maybe we just send them that bit like, hey, we just plugged your stuff on to, you know, help us out a little bit. Send us some money. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh also I'm here with uh the another senior editor and mad scientist, Nick Santangelo. Yes, yes, I've just taken a break from my lab to record this week's podcast. What's up, everybody? Yes, and by his lab, he means sitting in front of his Xbox playing Skyrim for science. That is exactly what I mean. (laughs) It's totally for science, I think. Just keep telling yourself. You can believe that. It's totally believable. He's still trying to develop his hypothesis. Yes, yes. (laughs) That I can play Skyrim for like 72 hours straight. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Well, obviously, you just failed because you <laughs> had to stop to do the Mashcast. Because <laughs> I, I must... thanks for tuning in, everybody. The show's over. I need to get back to Skyrim. <laughs> yes, this is uh, Mashcast number twenty-eight, and uh, we have a, a bunch of topics. We're getting up there. Yeah, you know, our Mashcast is all grown up now. Before we know, it, we'll be at number fifty. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. But uh, we let's get into it. Let's you know, Rob, what you been playing? Um. Let's just roll down the list. Uh, Arkham City, because uh, why not? <laughs> um, Modern Warfare 3. Yes, I got Modern Warfare 3. I don't hate it, but it is still everything that is just Call of Duty, some of which is okay, and some most of which I'm still like, Bleh. I haven't played multiplayer yet, though, just a single player. Um, Do you feel as familiar to the last one as they have pretty much every year? Uh yeah, I mean really like there's there's like a couple of new additional minor minor things like you know attachments to weapons and yeah. stuff like that, you know, certain weapons they give you, but 
outside of that, like really, like the game is it, it's still very much Call of Duty. It still very much jumps all over the place and has you controlling people that don't really have any bearing on the story. It's just another way for you to blow some shit up. Um, okay. It's, okay, it's it's Call of Duty. I mean, like really, it's Call of Duty. Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Let's see, Battlefield Three. Um, Actually, I've been playing Dragon Nest a little bit, uh, Team Fortress 2, and I've also been messing around with the Saints Row Initiation Station, which is basically part of the game coming out. They they're releasing they released this. Uh, it's just the creation station for characters, and then you can import those characters into the game when you eventually get it. I haven't. I, I will probably get Saints Row 3. And as I was telling the guys before the before the podcast two weeks ago, I didn't care. I really, I, I have been one of those people that when Saints Row came out, it's I hated it. I, I was like, oh look, it's a Grand Theft Auto clone. I didn't really, my opinion didn't change much with two. Um, I didn't really play two though, and but the third one seems like that they've gotten so far from from that to the point where it's just like they don't care anymore. <laughs> exactly, and it's it just looks like an outrageous fun ridiculous time and i'm kind of about that um so we'll see but the creation station you can just you can make fucking anything all sorts of inappropriate and wrong and funny and serious and just everything that you can pretty much pump out like it's got a creation tools that are a rival like dc universe online or like champions like you can make all sorts of crap (laughs) so it's it's interesting and hopefully the game lives up to that kind of a promise, but we'll see. Okay. That's it. All right, what about you, Nick? Me, I have been playing Uncharted 3, which I wrapped up a few nights ago. You guys can see my full reviews up on the site. Um, as I kind of indicated last week when I talked about this a little bit, it they definitely pulled off the uh, blockbuster summer movie wrapped in a video game form once again. Looks gorgeous. Story's interesting. Characters are great. Sounds fantastic. Doesn't play all that well, which I know is going to piss off a lot of people. Like and I know if you read my review, it, you're probably really looking forward to the game, as was I. And it's not a bad game. It's just the controls are probably the worst they've ever been in the series, I think. It just doesn't feel right at all when you're shooting. Gun battles just aren't very fun. And compounding the issue, a lot of the enemies have like ridiculous amounts of armor. You'll just like throw multiple grenades at them and keep on shooting them and keep on shooting them and they just don't die. So it's it's very mixed, I would say. See, that was my problem with the first one. That, like, since you told me that, I don't want to play Uncharted 3 now. I really feel like they went back to a lot of the mistakes that the first one had, which the first one wasn't a bad game either. It was just like, it was like, okay, I can see where they're going here. But the shooting it had mechanic issues. was horrific. Like they weren't even—they didn't even justify it by wearing armor. Like those guys were wearing, like you know, yeah. like like breezy T-shirts. You see <laughs> in Miami, and I'm shooting the guy, right. and like he's just not dying. He's like, oh, six bullets. I ate that, you know. And, like I like it drives me nuts. It never gets back into the, like the completely absurd like 400 million streams of dudes just popping in constantly. But they do dip into that a little bit, and there are some points where guys are just like. Just Jay, Jay and I, Jason Wurtzitz from the site, were playing the co-op, and dudes were just popping out of the ground in front of us and just shooting. And we were like, "What the f is this? Like, like is there some? We thought there was like some secret entrance. Uh, like, is there <laughs> another way out of here? Like, where are these guys coming from? They're uh, just like appearing right on top of us. And like, every game has to have the enemy spawning somewhere, but there's usually some sort of like like Gears of War does it really well, 
Well, yeah, they they come in at ridiculous places, but they direct your attention away from it. Right. You, you just like you that. see it happening right in front of you, and you're just like, this is ridiculous. That's lazy. Yeah. That's lazy. Um. Anyways, again, read my full review for all my thoughts on that. Other than that, I picked up. It's Friday night now that we're recording the podcast. I picked up uh, Skyrim last night at midnight. Uh, I'm ten hours into it already, and it is fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait till we're done the podcast so I can get back to playing it again. It's great. (laughs) Uh, Still got some of the same issues that have always played the series because it's so humongous. There's some glitches. I actually, two minutes into the game, I had to restart because I hit a game-breaking glitch. Wow. That's (laughs) what that is before you. You They make incredible games and have these incredible glitches to go with it. Their their bugs are just as epic as their games. Exactly. You have to you have to you have to aim high, okay? Aim high. <laughs> oh, they, if you're going to if you're going to have a glitch, it better be a fucking monumental glitch. Like yeah, for some reason the sun just fucking comes down out of the sky and fucking melts everything. I don't know why the fuck it happened. It only happened one time. It was weird. Yeah, but how how good of a te- how, how much of a testament is that to their game? That they've had, they've had so many games, just game breaking, not just game breaking, but game destroying glitches. Like in terms of like glitches that erase your hard drive in some cases on your Xbox. But like the games are so good, we still play it and we wait with bated breath for the next Bethesda title. Yeah. How yeah, many people did you say were playing Skyrim on Steam like right now as of ten? 10- Dirty at night. It was on a like Friday. it was like actually when I when I checked earlier, this was around five o'clock. It was two hundred and seventy one thousand people playing it. Not had downloaded it. Not had installed it. Not had played it that day, but were actually playing Active the game. Playing it. <laughs> like so that's crazy. Good. Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare Three was sixty four thousand actively playing it. Only seventy eight thousand yeah. had played it that day. And obviously, Skyrim would never compete with Call of Duty on on a sales level, but the dedication to the game of the people that buy it is almost unparalleled. There's probably a few other games out there like Warcraft and such, but Starcraft definitely comes to mind. Well, Skyrim is a game. Yeah. Call of Duty is an entertainment thing. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. yeah. But, All right, but so, yeah. watch out for the glitches. But it is awesome. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, last but not least, last but not least, myself. I uh, playing a little Team Fortress Two. Me and Rob, uh, we played some TF Two um, last Friday. But since then, <laughs> we uh, we have a versus series coming up: uh, Arkham City versus Infamous Two. So, I first of all, I needed to play Infamous One, not play, but beat Infamous One, and I finished that up, which was a good game. But then I started playing Infamous Two like Sunday morning, like three a.m. I started playing it, and honest to God, I did not stop until 10 a.m. Like I just played because I like, I just started playing the game and just loved it. Like I I love Infamous too. It is such an awesome game. So many improvements. Still some control issues like the first one. So many improvements. They definitely had a much larger budget to play to for this game. You can tell. So I beat Infamous 2 within a few days, and I'm definitely totally going back, and I'm going to redo the evil side because I played as good. Um, and other than that, like I've been, I've been playing Arkham City as well, which is great. But like as I'm playing it, you know, because a lot of places I gave it a 10 out of 10, five stars out of five, and it's a great game, but it's not a 10 out of 10 in my opinion. I don't think so. 
actually, Nick, what did you rate it on our site? It was a 4.8, right? I believe so, yeah. It's like a 4.8. Like, it, it definitely, in my opinion, especially for the first 25% of the game, I know for sure, the combat was just a bit, it was so repetitive. Well, the game itself was so repetitive because pretty much all you did was combat. You know, but like, now that I'm past that hump, like, I'm like, about, I'm like 60% into the game now. I'll probably have a beat this weekend. And now there's definitely more stuff to do. You know, besides the combat and the detective work, there's a lot more stuff to do. It's a good game. But it, it could be better. It's not a 10 out of 10. He but, says that as he yawns. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good game. I like it. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to... Actually, you know what the funny thing about it is? I said it to a few people that I didn't think the game was a 10 out of 10, and they almost chopped my head off. Like I like like I said, Jesus wasn't real. Like you know, it was like I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm not even saying that it's a bad game. I'm just saying that it's not a ten out of ten. And at the time, I hadn't gotten into certain places yet. But at the time, I liked Infamous much better. Now I'm kind of on like I'm on the ropes about it. Like which one do I like better? I'm actually gonna have to analyze. This is gonna be a hard versus series for me. Yeah, uh, it was a good choice. I mean, that's why I've been playing Arkham City so much more. I mean, I gotta, I gotta get back into Infamous too and just, just mess around with it a little bit to remind myself. But it, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's, it should be a good one. But um, let's uh, that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, let's let's get into let's get into the topics because we definitely have a few to cover. Um, so first we're gonna start off with some some fresh Xbox rumors. Um, actually, you know, I can't even say that these rumors are fresh, because some of the stuff we already knew from months ago, but the game journalism industry is acting like it's brand new information. Um, there's actually conflicting rumors, which is always nice, because now we have more options and more things to talk about. Uh, but the first set of rumors we got uh, included things like uh, it's going to run, the, new, the new Xbox is going to run off of uh, Windows 9 operating system, which I immediately... Um, disregarded that i'm like that i don't I don't think that's uh that's gonna happen saying that windows 8 is not even finished yet and the three the, the xbox is gonna be out before probably around the same time that windows uh windows 8 is released if not before that so but this rumor says that it's gonna be windows 9 um the co- project code name is loop and it's going to be a uh cheaper system to manufacture um you know, based off of the hardware specs and, and things like that. Um, actually, one of the things that the rumor says, and one, at least one of the things that I read about the rumor, was that they were going to use, like, a, not a full mobile chipset, but kind of something like you saw in the Zune. Did you guys, did you guys see that, too? No. You didn't see what that? You, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the, chi- the, 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 the processing chipset for the, for the loop, as they're calling it right now? Yeah. Okay, so... Which are you guys familiar with the Tegra chipset at all? Yeah, a little no. bit. A little bit. Okay, the Tegra chipset. And I'm not saying that they're using the Tegra chipset in the new Xbox, but if they're going with Nvidia and Nvidia is pumping out something smaller that's similar to the Tegra chipset, it can be extremely powerful. Like for example, when I went to PAX 2010, I saw um, a tablet, an MSI tablet, running Tegra 2 that was playing Unreal Tournament 3. At full resolution, full graphics, at at about uh, I'd say about forty to fifty frames per second. So like the the chipset, if they use something like that, it's totally believable. 
especially because they're gonna, you know, I I said it last week. They're not gonna pick the tech that's out now and throw it into the Xbox. They're picking out the tech that's not even out yet. So I can totally see the next generation Xbox having something like that. That sounds feasible. Um, my only problem with it is that why do that when you can get something, I guess, more uh, more standard and like you know, kind of like you know, the graphic cards that we have now and get so much more power and performance out of it which will help the system last longer um that's my thing about it but um the conflicting rumors that we're getting because the the first rumors were from a guy named uh ms nerd who was apparently i say alias of course he was apparently a uh trustworthy source um the other rumors come from tech journalist paul therat i believe his uh his name is yeah, and he's saying a few things. Um, first of all, he's saying that... Uh, I, well, actually, sorry, MS Nerd said that the Xbox will be shown at E3 2012. Um, and will probably be released sometime in 2013. I think we talked about that last week. Um, Paul Therat is saying that the Xbox will actually be shown at CES in January. That's not that far away. Um, it's a month and some change away. <laughs> but uh, which makes sense considering when he's saying it's going to launch. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was showed at CES, which kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like uh, CES isn't where you debut a new console. That's definitely yeah, I mean, like you could e- show a console off there, but like to the first time you're showing it to the public, that's I. Mm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would still make unusual. news no matter where they do it. I mean, they could they could do it in the back in their backyard and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. But it E three is the stage for it. Exactly. Well, didn't CES. they hold their like their own special event with the original, uh, not the original Xbox with the three sixty? They did like an they did like something in partnership with NTV like a couple months before E three. I think it was like the first official unveiling of the thing. Of the original Xbox or the 360? No, the 360. I, I started to say the original Xbox, and I, I called myself there, the 360. I don't, I don't recall that. I remember that. I believe it was like right, it was like April or something. It was I could believe April. that they did a partnership. I just, I, I, I don't know. That's possible. I really don't remember that. I, the last thing, the last big showing I remember them had was the Cirque du Soleil, and that just blew my mind. <laughs> don't bring that up again. I totally forgot about everything else that happened oh, beforehand because that, that blew my mind. <laughs> hey, but you know what? If they had done this this year, at least we would have had something to talk about. That is Oops. true. That's true. <laughs> and that's one for Rob Hill Williams. <laughs> but um, all right. So he's saying that they're going to show it at CES. Which is, you know, it's a possibility, but I really don't see it happening. But he says that it will, you know, have predominantly Windows 8 and Windows Phone integration. Uh, he didn't say that the operating system was going to use Windows 8 or Windows 9, but Microsoft said months ago that um, the that the, that the new Xbox was going to be using, you know, some variation of Windows 8. Actually, they want you to be able to play games that are, work on your Xbox. On in Windows 8, they want you to be able to do that, which I think is a fantastic idea. They want you to play it on your PC, but uh, yeah, I mean, Microsoft has already said, even no rumor needed that the next Xbox will definitely have uh, Windows will support Windows 8 or integration with Windows 8 and uh, Windows Phone because they want you in that ecosystem for gaming. So, yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, these aren't surprises, but everybody's reporting them like they are. I don't know. That's just because there's nothing solid 
going yeah. on at all. And because we're we're so deep into this generation now, which uh, without getting a new thing, like, it may not feel like that to some people. But I remember the Xbox launched in two thousand five. It's going to be seven years old next year. That's like the there was only four years between the original Xbox and the three sixty. And usually we get five to six years tops since the you know late. 80s or early 90s rather was when that really started to come into play yeah well i mean microsoft never intended uh, microsoft even though they won't admit it i can almost guarantee their original plan was by like by this time right now by this time they were expecting to have a new console ready Oh yeah, they, I think that they thought the turnover would be a lot faster than it was. Yeah, so, I thought I think they thought that the the process would accelerate instead of slow down. Yeah. Because considering the way things played out with this generation, like it would have made sense if it did turn over faster, but it it just didn't. People want well, a lot ready. of the problem is they didn't see that whole uh, global economic meltdown coming. Yeah. In the middle of the That's true. Cycle. But you know what else? I think uh, kind of maybe uh, take into account. Uh, the fact that how how many free Xboxes did they have to give out with the Red Ring of Death? Yeah, that's true. They probably true. they didn't see that either. Like, what, what it was something like how, like what percentage? I used to know the percentage of it's Xboxes like that thirty free. some percent. Like, I think. Yeah, it was like I think one, it's thirty some. Yeah, and like when it was like fifty four or something like that. It was so, it was something like really outrageous, and then it like dropped to thirty in the thirty range, and then eventually made its way down into like you know acceptable sub 10 yeah. yeah you know yeah i know people who have who've had four or five xboxes and then stopped and it's had 10 yeah. and i'm like i would how <laughs> just stop you have no luck with that system stop yeah and that's on their seventh so that's 10 that's wow yeah i mean at least sony prepared like sony prepared for a 10-year span. I think that's why they're looking a little bit better than they are. Because yeah. the thing is, like, the, the the PS3 only came out a year after the 360. And the hardware specs, while they're different, performance-wise, you would think they would kind of give you the same. But what Sony did was, like, they kind of tucked away features that they didn't allow developers to use until later on for performance gain. You know what I'm saying? So Not only that, but the thing is, obviously, so much more reliable. Than, than even newer yeah. Xbox. I still have my launch PlayStation 3 and Wii. Um, obviously, the Wii just hardly ever gets used, so that's that's probably part of why. My Nintendo's Wii actually always, Nintendo's broke. always made really solid hardware that doesn't break down ever since the NES. But I, most people listening probably don't even remember that. <laughs> uh, but the Xbox, yeah, I'm on my third. Um, Jess is on her second or third. No, I'm on my fourth. I'm sorry. And Jess is on her second or third. And that's that's like on the low end, like Rob is saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm on my second Xbox, and I mean, partially, like, I don't play it that much for one thing, but, like, that's the least of anybody that I know. Like, for the longest time, I was the only one of my friends who hadn't had one break. You know, like, right. it's... My yeah, first anyway. lasted less than... <laughs> oh, jeez. Yep. My yep. first one, Here. I got one, like, almost on launch day, and that lasted me for years. Until it lasted me until 2009. Yeah, mine lasted about three years. I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and the thing is, I didn't even get a red ring of death. Okay. Mine like died silently in the night. Like, I didn't even get a red ring. I'm like, I'm literally in the middle of playing like Rock Band. I'm on uh, Xbox Live with my friend, and boom, the video cuts out. 
I still hear music. I still hear my buddy. I'm like, I need to restart my Xbox. And I restart my Xbox. Never came back. No red rings or anything. Just a green light blinking. And it was kind of like it was waving. Bye, Jared. It's been fun. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) I'm giving you all I've got. And that's, that's pretty much how it ended. That's funny, because mine didn't red ring either, which is ironic, because I was like, at least you could have red ringed, at least I could have gotten a free one. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, so, the new, <laughs> new rumors, but not new rumors, but, well, you know, we'll, you know, as, as things come out, we'll, uh, I guess we'll just see, we'll see what happens, we'll keep you guys informed. But, uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, we're going to talk about the Wii a little bit, actually, the, the relationship between Ubisoft and Nintendo in regards to the Wii, because uh, uh, Ives—that's who—that's what we're calling him, right? That's what we said last time when I tried to say his name. Eves, Eves. There we go. Yeah, Eves Gilman. Yeah, there we go. Um, he uh, he said that the Wii is still forty-five percent of their business, and this is Ubisoft. Ubisoft who. We, I mean, Disney. I don't think there's really been big reports coming out of Ubisoft saying, "Hey, we're having bad times. We're closing this place. We're closing that place." You're not really hearing that from Ubisoft. So they're doing, you know, I'll say pretty well. And they're they're one of the larger publishers. Yeah, I think know? they're like third or fourth, third, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they're doing all right, and they're saying 45 percent of their business is the Wii, a console which is like. First of all, nobody considers it's not a, it's not for I guess for hardcore gamers. It's more it's considered more of a casual console. First of all, but like second of all, nobody like who's buying stuff for the Wii right now. That's what it seems like because everybody knows the Wii U is coming out. Nintendo's not really dropping any new right. titles to, to 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 move units. Oh, forget about it. not really. <laughs> They're not I'm getting Zelda next week. That will be the first game I bought for the Wii since I got Donkey Kong Returns November of last year. Wow, yeah, an entire yeah. year between purchases, and there really and, hasn't been anything yeah. in between that except for what, like Just Dance Three. Just yeah, there was, I guess, if you're into Kirby. I'm not a big Kirby guy. Well, that was, but that was also the same time frame as Donkey Kong. That was still Christmas, yeah. like yeah. Well, well, they got another uh, Kirby like, a couple weeks ago, didn't they? They did. Oh, did they? Like, okay. Epic but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, nobody even knows. But still, that's like almost a year. Even yeah. if you're the Kirby, that is almost a year between releases. And you don't feel like you were like, oh, man, I missed all these games. I just didn't get around to because I was doing other stuff. No, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <You> didn't. <laughs> it's just funny, though, because like, you know, Ubisoft, the 45% of their business is like resting on this. The other 55% is Assassin's Creed. Actually, no, 50% is Assassin's Creed and 5% is Ghost Recon. I'm, I just made that up, by the way, so don't don't take that to heart. Those are hard numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But, uh, but um, I mean, it's amazing that 45% of their business relies on the Wii, but other publishers and developers, they discredit the Wii. Right, but, they cry foul all the time. Yeah, so it's like, I, what I, for what this shows me is that they just didn't know how to properly monetize the Wii. Like, it's clear that when Ubisoft makes a game for the Wii, they have the Wii in mind, and they don't think it's a crap system. They make good quality games for the Wii, as opposed to the Wii being an afterthought or a you know like somebody putting their B team on it. Like for example, uh, with uh, what was it Modern Warfare Two? I think it was with Modern Warfare Two. They had you know Infinity War to make Modern Warfare Two, and they put Infinity's B team. 
don't actually I don't even think it was Infinity War. It was another developer. They put their B yeah. team on rewrapping Modern Warfare One and putting it out on a Wii. Right, like they didn't even come out at the same time, you know, for the for the Wii. It was like, oh, it's such an afterthought that not only do you not get like a real version of the game, but you get the prior game on the Wii when the new version comes out. Yeah, like so that's bad. how much of an afterthought. Like the developers and publishers treat the Wii as they would like the same way that developers used to treat like a Game Boy. Like you would make a you'd make a game for PlayStation or, you know, GameCube or whatever whichever system and then you would put like a, you know, a crappier version on the on the Game Boy. Like that's what you would do. That's you know? exactly right actually. And yeah. and that's what's happened in this generation for most publishers and developers. Like you you get you get, you know, super big triple A title or even double A title or even A title on on, you know, 360 PS3 and then you get crappy hokey obviously you know you can look at the box and tell it's not the same quality on the Wii you know and Ubisoft just didn't do that I mean like they they kind of did do that like they did that with Assassin's Creed I mean they had they had their their crappier versions of that game on their systems right I think because they knew they they know the core audience that's why right well the thing with the Wii is go go ahead I'll get it I was just going to say that you know but then but then on the other hand they make Just Dance and in the Raving Rabbit series, because people forget about that too. Like, it may not like be like a huge like tens of millions seller, like you know, Just Dance or Assassin's Creed, but like, never underestimate the power of kids liking a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and that's something that was developed with the Wii in mind. So it was Just Dance, and like those games sold very very well. So I could see why it's forty five percent of their business. Mm. Yeah, and like you guys have already touched on. A lot of other publishers just don't get the Wii audience, and basically there's there's two audiences on on the way. You, you could split it down to get a lot more granular than that, but basically there's two. There's the I hardly ever play games, I've never played games, or haven't played games in a very long time crowd that plays Wii Sports and you know raving rabbits probably and carnival games that sort of thing. And then there's the pretty hardcore crowd that are also big Nintendo fans. And that crowd, most of them also have an Xbox and or PlayStation 3 and or high-end PC. So when you bring out a watered-down version of your you know, multi-platform game and you bring it out late and then no one buys it on the Wii and then the publisher sits back and goes, oh, well, obviously there's no audience for this type of thing on, on the Wii. And I'm like, no, there's an audience for hardcore games. There's not an audience for watered-down games. There, there's not an audience for games made by the B-team. There's not an audience for games that come out six months, a year after the game came out on the Xbox because they already bought the game on Xbox or PlayStation or PC already. Right, it's a multi-platform world now, really. You know, it's... there's yeah there's there's no room for any for what you just said on any system and i don't know why they think that it would be that that would be the case on the wii that oh that's okay for the wii and we'll make money off of that well like no you're lazy they they think that since the wii owner is so starred for hardcore games that they can just throw any half-ass thing out there that just looks superficially hardcore And, and maybe it is sort of a hardcore game but it's just really not that good it there's good, and then there's good for Wii, this generation. And, like, the serious gamers on Wii aren't going to buy good for Wii games because they'll just get games on other platforms instead that are just good. But right. nobody really got that. 
Except yeah, but Ubisoft did. Yeah, uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, yes. Yeah. Apparently Ubisoft did. Yeah, well, so. I think a lot of Ubisoft success, like you said, though, was like the Raving Rabbits and stuff, the more casual. Well, Raving was, Rabbits. But, that's, just still, yeah. well, but that's, more, yeah, that's more of a game than like Carnival games, obviously. True. Right. So, good job, Ubisoft. And you just, they need to do whatever they need to do to keep making Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, and Rainbow Six. <laughs> you, keep, you do what you need to do. And make those games, and you can make whatever you want for the Wii, and I will. My lips are sealed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, moving on to our next topic, though. Um, London uh, Games Conference is going on, and uh, which did you guys know we could have got discount tickets to that? Oh, sweet! I so would have been there. Have totally got I would point. rather have not gone after what we read, after <laughs> what we heard last week, and what we're kind of seeing this week. So yeah. I think maybe it's better off. Otherwise, probably set the place on fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> last, the London's Games Conference is the place where a whole bunch of people rated Steve Jobs as the most influential person on the uh, in the games industry, and I would make a spitting sound if I didn't think Four that would hurt Rob and Nick's ears. But um. This week, uh, two things coming out of the, coming out of uh, out of there. Uh, first of all, uh, based off of a poll they did during a interactive presentation, the industry doesn't really think that THQ is going to survive the digital transition. Uh, but the reason is because of lack of must-have properties, and I really don't understand that. Like, why would that kill them? In terms of the transition to digital games, like do you if guys? Any, uh, if anything, like my thought is that I mean, number one, like that I it's it's kind of shameful because I'm like they they mention like in this article like companies that we know like you know but the representatives from saying you know, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Microsoft, Konami, like a whole bunch of different like real publishers and stuff and developers. I, and it makes my head spin a little bit the some of the things that have come out of that that conference but but my thing with the THQ is that I actually think that in a way not having a necessary we have to put this out every year AAA title from them actually makes them more flexible they can explore new IPs they can do different things than other publishers can with their with what they have currently so like going to digital they can try something that you know, you could sell at a lower price point, or you monetize differently than other than other publishers. Whereas other publishers, you put out a Call of Duty and it's all digital now. Like you still need to try and sell that game at sixty dollars a pop, like no matter what platform it's on. Really, right? You know, something right. along those lines. But you know, you put out a Saints Row that's not you know necessarily a full Saints Row, but it's like here's like a crazy co-op random mode, or you know. Or they try a new IP, they can do different stuff. I, I think that as long as you have the financial backing, you you survive the transition just fine. People buy their games; they're still viable. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it seems like a silly. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of agree that they they probably only have like maybe two or three like um, like IPs that just like will spring to mind. Uh, obviously, Saints Row, which you mentioned, maybe getting a little bit of relevancy. Darksiders, obviously, it's not like a Huge triple A game, but nice, nice, fun little game. Yeah, Um, I'm there's not too many I can really think of from THQ other than that, but I don't, but I don't see why that would preclude them from being successful in like the digital market. Yeah, a lot of the shit that we see be successful is stuff that you never heard of before, so it just comes out of nowhere and just wildly popular all of a sudden. Like, look at Angry Birds, 
Let's not talk about Angry Birds. <laughs> but you could look at a, a variety yeah. of things and see that. I don't want to that. talk about Angry Birds either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you could look at a variety of stuff and see that, that things succeed in the digital space that wouldn't succeed in a normal brick-and-mortar retail. You yeah, know? that's yes. the point I'm getting at. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I look at, um, I look at Paradox Interactive, and I'm like, if Paradox Interactive, who, have, in my opinion, have... They also have no must-have games. Like the most notable game you see from Paradox is Magicka, and that was this. That was this year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was this year. If they can, when they switch to digital, things got much better for them. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Paradox has crappy games because they don't. They actually have a whole bunch of good games that are for, I would say, for different markets. You know, but they have a bunch of good games. But um, you know. If they can survive the digital space, I think THQ can more than survive the digital space as well. I mean, like they had those wrestling games they put out. I mean, I don't play them, but a lot of people, a lot of people do. do. A lot There's of people play too. wrestling games. They have Homefront, which now that looks like Crytek has got their hands in that. Homefront Two is looking kind of good right now, just yeah. based off the fact that Crytek is handling it. Forgot about Homefront. I knew there was one or two others I was forgetting. They got Homefront. They have Warhammer. They have that's the one I was trying to think of. Warhammer. Yeah, they have that has a whole following on. That's it. like a license, though, right? They, I don't think they actually own that. I think they no, have that but. It's 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 a license, but I think uh, whoever the licensor is has been pleased with the performance. Other than now, I don't think THQ would still have it. Um, Saints Row, I mean, they have more notable franchises than Paradox does, and I, the Paradox is doing just fine. I think THQ is just fine. They also have the creative director from Assassin's Creed. Right. I, I honestly believe they should give that man like Homefront and let it go. <laughs> just yeah. fly, fly. Fly, fly away. <laughs> I'm a peacock, Captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> like, they should just let it. Should, I, I, they have tons of, of, of possibility there. Well, they did know. come out like a. I don't remember what the timing was exactly. Maybe like a year or two ago. And, and say, I think it was their president did come out and say they were building actively towards having more hardcore games again and building like IP that people would recognize. Yeah. So, I mean, Jared just ran down several. So clearly they have a success in building back to it. They're just, they're not Ubisoft, Activision, or Konami, or something like that, but I, even if it's true, though, I don't see why that would make it so they can't be successful there. Yeah, I think as long as you make smart decisions, it doesn't matter who you are, you can survive in the digital space, because digital space is about making smart decisions. It's not about what back deal, backroom deals you can make with GameStop, or Best Buy, or whoever. Like, you... You know, you can't muscle somebody else out. I mean, you can. Let's not get too far into that. But, you know, it's more about making good decisions and how you proceed and how you treat your customer base. And I think as long as the, they make smart decisions, they'll be just fine. Yeah, so... Yeah. If anybody, I see Square Enix. Out of that list of people that were there, I see Square Enix as you know, a company that really needs some help when it's going to come to the digital. <laughs> because they have not really performed They've very been well. Decisions. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Although the IDOS thing seems to be Let's not point fingers too fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who you calling Black Kettle? Yeah, seriously. I mean, hey, I always make great decisions sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I made one that was good once. I, I, I always make good decisions sometimes. Yeah, it was that one time I made a good decision. Yeah, so I cherish it. <laughs> so that that was one part. Um, you know, one uh, I guess survey they took. Another survey they took is uh, regarding uh, dedicated handhelds. 
a handheld console, sorry. And 80% of the attendees agree that dedicated handhelds would not be able to complete, compete with smartphones and other mobile devices offering multiple apps and services on top of games. Really? I, it's a really good idea that I wasn't there. I could have slapped somebody. I really could have. I could have slapped. See? Luke King bicycle kick. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been bad, like... But imagine the publicity we would have got when, you know, the big sides had to write about MTV's executive editor being forcibly dragged out of the London Games Fest. <laughs> I'll make sure I wear a t-shirt if I actually do it. <laughs> because of that, it's just going to read large black man slaps executives. Like, you know, now they'll, they'll be able to ID me and we'll get the publicity we need. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so 80% of the attendees agree that they would not be able to compete with smartphones. And this is scary because... A lot of these people are probably people who make decisions on what games to make and for what platforms. Exactly. Like the fact that you just automatically assume or that that they just automatically believe that that is the case is scary because it's like, no, you decide what becomes viable and what doesn't. Like really, when you get down to it, you guys are the kingmakers. It, it really doesn't matter what, you know... It, all these experts, quote unquote, and you know, mobile gaming firms like the uh, well, by Fl- like Flurry, who who said that you know, like, oh man, my portable gaming is doomed because you know now smartphones have fifty eight percent of the market. You know, when you have, it doesn't matter what all those people say because like when it comes down to it, like you have the properties, like you have the, the Assassin's Creed, the Final Fantasies, the the, the everything. You hold the keys. Like, you hold the keys of the kingdom. You are the kingmaker. You put people on the throne and you put the crown on their head. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, so if you believe it's dead, it is dead. And that's scary. Yeah. But, you know, it just seems like a whole ball of crazy is going on in London at that conference. So, I don't, it's just it, like, <laughs> you go ahead, Nick. Your turn. All right, all right. <laughs> it's always weird a little bit when they when they say stuff like like, well, consumers have shown us that there is a demand for blah 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 because, uh, well, it's because that's what you did and because they like your game. So of course, there's demand for it. We already know they like your stuff. It's like it's so weird that consumers are buying all this stuff that we're forcing them to do if they want to play our fantastic game that we know everybody does. Yeah, it's, you know, funny. it's like we really don't have a choice because it. If you're the ones making the games and you're all going down the same road, like we kind of have to put up with it. Well, I mean, sure, you can say like, "Well, just don't buy it," and like, okay, none of us will ever buy any Activision game ever again. But I mean, that's just not going to happen. It's almost like they're saying, "Oh, oh, they bought this game for the iPhone. Oh, it must because be because it's on the iPhone, not because they like the game, and that the game was available there." Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. I, I don't know, like. Are, are, are they, these guys are, are they some of them must be uh, um executives a lot of them are executives but like i i really can't see developers saying the same thing unless they're just talking from a money perspective that's but, the thing about this like almost everything that i've seen out of that like from the list of the the top people to the 80% of the, the mobile and smartphones and THQ not you know, people not surviving in the digital age like it just seems like a lot of like misinformed, like kind of like the opinions you'd see from people who are high, like so high up that they have trouble seeing, you know, the forest for the trees, you know, like that. 
I, I don't know. Like you, you when you're when you're too far deep into like you know money, 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 money. Like maybe it becomes hard to see that you know things work for a specific way. That like you said, like like people buy the game because they like the game, not because of the platform it's on. Like right. I I don't really like when it comes down to it. Like I don't know anybody like aside from like cases where things are on multiple platforms. Like that is the only time you you see people buy something on a platform because they like that platform or yeah. because it's just the platform that they have. Right. Like people will follow games to a certain to a certain extent. You know, like I. I don't think you know anybody's gonna like. Oh, Wow's on on iPad now only, and it's like a, half the experience that it was. Like nobody's gonna follow that. But if you give somebody like the same general experience that they have, you know, like say between like a a game on PS3, game on Xbox, like you know, if that game's not available on one console, like people will migrate if they like your game enough. You know, if there's enough reasons to. So I don't know. Exactly. I mean, they, uh, the reason I say it's like these people have to be executives is because, I mean, if you're a gamer, right, you know the differences between mobile gaming and dedicated handheld gaming. Mobile, well, first of all, cell phones, first of all, are phones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first of all, are phones. Did you know that game platforms are game platforms? <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I'm just saying that because. Um, Cell phone developers, while they want you to play games on the phones, that's a plus for them. They are constantly trying to find better ways to simplify their interfaces. You know, which is yeah. not good for gaming. That's not good for gaming. I mean, right now we're down to touchscreen interfaces. You know, and they will find a way to simplify that as well. So, you know, like there's only so much you can do with a touchscreen. We've talked about it so many I times, hate but touchscreen gaming. That's thing. Like, as I hate it. As they continue to simplify it, like what else? Are you, like you know, what else are you gonna do? The whole thing about dedicated handhelds is the fact that they are built for gaming with a hundred percent gaming in mind. The additional features like Skype and browsing internet—that's extra stuff. But the consoles themselves are just made for gaming, so you get a much more in-depth gaming experience. You know right. that than you would on a on a uh, mobile phone. Like for example, when I was flying to China. Okay, that is a 14-hour flight. I had my laptop with me. I had my tablet with me. I had my uh, my phone with me, and I had my PSP with me. Guess which one I played? PSP. Because probably for about 10 hours out of the trip. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that's like I wanted to play. I played my PSP. Oh, my my flight had um had power in the seats. So I was good pretty much the whole way through whenever I wanted to play, even when my my PSP started to uh, discharge. So, like, I played my PSP because I actually wanted to play video games. I didn't want to play Angry Birds. I didn't want to play, you know, some some small twin-stick shooter. I actually wanted to play a video game. You know, something to, to pull me into the experience. Yeah, that handheld, or not handheld, Mobile gaming stuff, pretty much the same word, but you know what we mean when we say mobile. On phones, like Jared pointed out earlier, yeah. phone stuff. <laughs> yeah, phones uh, are phones. I, <laughs> that's what game, like gamers like us, that's what you play when you don't have access for whatever reason. Like you didn't bring your handheld with you, you're out of the house, so your console wasn't there, or your PC. That's when you play those games. Yeah, a lot of the success. For the bus. It's a distraction. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of success is because they're, they're so cheap and they're so easy to get, you know? It's like just download real quick, like the 
one of the top games that appears when you search because that's what people do just go in and look what the most popular thing is and download it for a couple dollars or just get the damn demo version of angry birds like so many people do yeah you know like uh, there's just so much value and having a dedicated handheld the two can exist next to each other but if the they can't exist, but if these executives are saying, "Oh yeah, the market's gone. Users don't want that. They want the convenience of the of the handheld. Oh, sorry, not the handheld of the of the mobile phone." Like then, yes, it is dead. You know, even though there's so much more you could do with the handhelds. My God, but that's dead yeah. <laughs> especially with the Vita coming out. Oh yeah, you, I mean, you can have friggin' dual analog. I mean, I had two touchscreens. Just not even, not even that. Like the AI that you'll be able to get on the Vita, even now the 3DS makes the AI that will be processed on a on. Even I have a Samsung charge. This phone just came out a couple months ago, and like the the AI on this compared to the Vita is, pro, is probably dumb as rocks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like you get so yeah, much the more in depth gaming so experience. Much more advanced. There's no way you will get an Uncharted. You're not going to get an Uncharted. On an right. iPhone. You can do basic, like, some, uh, you know, certain types of experiences, like, you know, like, Katie downloaded the X-Men Arcade for her tablet. And it's like, you know, it's playable, but I mean, like, how many years old is that game? Like, the AI is not very complicated, you know, it's... It and runs that's the endorsement he gets. It's playable. Yeah. And that's like, <laughs> it's all right. It's not like, oh, it's great, they pulled it off. It, <laughs> And I mean, like, so, like, AI is, like, you know, it's, like, I have not ever seen a game that it's, like, you know, the AI running on it is, you know, something amazing or, you know, something that you'd, re- like, playing a racing game is never, like, I've, I've never seen anybody play a racing game and been, like, man, that's that's pretty cool. Like, as far as, like, outside of anything but, say, like, graphics or something, you know, like, it's not, like, the computer does anything amazing. Like, you know, it's still... It, it you know it's years back you know it's still catch up AI and you know all the all the things that like we've kind of already gotten past in a lot of games now you know when when you see games on on a mobile platform the other thing that's that, where a lot of this this is coming from though a lot of what's fueling it is, is people that just aren't with it when it comes to games and right. you know so mentally they're still back in like the the eighties and seventies when it comes to gaming and it's like oh neat look at this yeah and that's you like know? what happens when like all you're looking at is the money perspective and like you see how much money smartphones are making and things of that nature and like that's all you see because you're not you know even if you're if you're an executive like you're not involved with like you know actually making the game you're not a developer even if at one point you were like you're not anymore you're not yeah. still, you're not in the garage anymore making a game like. You you're dealing with the money side, and that's and that's all you care about, and that's fine because you're a business, you know. Like that's what you're supposed to be caring about, right? You know, but there are certain things that, and it's like I guess like it makes me glad that ultimately, like the developers, like don't necessarily hold the power, but like they're the visionaries, you know, they're the ones that kind of can force things to go in a certain direction, even if executives don't think it should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's give and take there, but. Like, they're the ones that have the ideas. And as long as they're the ones that are holding the keys as far as ideas and stuff are concerned, like, we'll be okay. Hopefully. But, like, you know, but but all it takes is, you know, kind of like, it's a quick slide, you know. It's a slippery slope to have executives at the top of companies say, it's, it's done, it's over. And, you know, for that to, to go all the way down the totem pole. It's interesting because, I mean, like, even... Even if you take like the, the the article from Flurry about you know how much 
how much more like smartphones have gained in the market share. It's funny because to hear people talk about it, you would think that the handheld gaming, like dedicated handheld gaming, was like ten percent of the market now. But like right. even the Flurry one, as bad as they tried to make mobile gaming look, like or tried to make like tried to make a handheld gaming look, yeah, it's still almost fifty fifty. Like, and that makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> it would yeah. be fifty fifty. Like. I mean, I would love to see the uh, one thing that the Flurry one didn't mention is you know like it was like fifty eight percent, but it put all mobile pl- all mo- mobile mobile platforms together. Yeah, and I'm like, well, they're not the same either. And I would love to see like a full division, you know, iPhone, Android, PSP, and NDS, and see what that looks like then. Because like, I my guess is like aside from PSP, you know, because it's at the end of its life cycle and going into the Vita, like that that pie is probably split up pretty evenly. I'm like, just gonna say the same thing, Rob. Yeah, things are really not that as bad as they is. Yeah, make it sound. You not, got not, two handhelds that are like the PSP on his deathbed, and and the 3DS, which had a horrendous launch, and is gonna hopefully start picking up steam. So yeah, and that was Nintendo's fault, not mobile. Oh, gaming. absolutely. Not, not oh, mobile. Absolutely. Mobile absolutely. gaming had nothing to do with bad the 3DS. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. It was a horrible launch. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that that whole that poll that poll, but that research I'm putting quotes on that. That research <laughs> that they did is just adding fuel to the fire, you yep. know. And it, you know, it, it, it if if this Flame causes voice, yeah, if this causes like you know handheld gaming to really die because of the not, reports like this, and you know bigwig saying, "Well, you know that's not where the money is." I'm, I'm gonna let Gabe go. Somebody else is getting kidnapped, so I better not hear any big names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give him a name. I'll just give him a name. Yeah. I, my last point, and like this, and if you ever need to settle the debate with somebody about whether or not dedicated handheld gaming is dead or is dying or is on its way out. And I think that it was actually one of your friends, Jared, that may have said this, maybe on Facebook. But they said, go, you know, if you have a rooted phone or, you know, or you go on the App Store, go download a classic game. Go download a Mario or a Mega Man or any, any classic game that was played on, even in like a very old system. And try and play that on a phone, uh, try and play that on a mobile phone or on a tablet. And see how well you do. Right. Dedicated handheld gaming is not dead. Because I guarantee you, the experience is not the same. Like even just as far as interface is concerned. Yeah. So. Not even a little bit. Yeah. We live on. We exist. Viva la revolution. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on from that topic, um, and let's uh, let's move I- on to a topic that actually. Surprised me a bit. This is from uh, Mike Caps from Epic Games, and he talked about the future of AAA game development in terms of marketing and pricing. And I gotta be honest, because I there's there's very few things that I've agreed with Mike Caps on uh, in regards. I guess his uh, what his uh, his, his approach his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> lightly to put it lightly, but um. He had this uh, this interview with Tech Dirt, and uh, he was asked if uh, the death of double A game development and the rising cost of triple A game development is good for the gamer. I honestly thought he was going to say yes, but his response was no, no. I don't think it's good at all. Um, 
you know, certainly a game, as a gamer, I don't think what's going on is a good thing. AAA is as much about marketing these days as it is about production values. Well, how about that? He's telling the truth. Because look at Call of Duty. I look at Call of Duty, not just Modern Warfare Three, not just Black Ops, but going all. Well, I shouldn't say back to Modern War, back to Modern Warfare because Modern Warfare was the tipping point, and then right. Modern Warfare Two. Go to Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like when like, at that, least Modern Warfare was wildly different than what had come before it. Exactly, like with uh, with that, like th- that's really what started this whole marketing you know, Palooza with almost any major game, but then you kind of get the game. Well, and I'll just keep using Modern Warfare as an example, and it's kind of the same. It's pretty much the same game. It's, you know, the, the production. It do, it doesn't really feel like you should pay $60 for it. So it feels like... Now, even Explodier. Yeah, exactly. It feels like an expansion pack. Yeah. You know, and he uh, he brings a Bulletstorm, which I haven't played. What didn't really look like my cup of tea. Like, I played the the demo, and I really wasn't impressed that much, but that, hey, that's just me. And he's saying, you know... You know, Bulletstorm, technically speaking, um, did well. Like, you know, it made its money back, at least. You know, Bulletstorm sold well. It did good. But it didn't do good enough to get, you know, like a $100 million marketing budget. You know? Right. He said it didn't do well enough to, like, fund, like, a dozen other projects or, you know, anything like that. But it, But as a game, it did well. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that shouldn't have to either. I mean, that should be, you know, and, uh, Gears of War should be funding Bulletstorm, not the other way around. Right. But you know, I think the thing is here, like Epic may make another Bulletstorm because Bulletstorm did well. However, if this was Activision, and Bulletstorm didn't make a gajillion dollars, kill it, sh- shut her down. Right. Yeah. Boom. Shut her down. Sell it studio off to somebody closed. else. Yeah. Studio yeah. closed. Game doesn't. You don't ever see the game again. IP is dead. Yada yada yada. God, I miss Blur. I just saw a tear in my eye right now. Just just right there. Oh, very hopeless. <laughs> so they just stomped right down on that studio? Uh, pretty, I mean, just as well, Bigfoot came down, just clenched. No, I know what they're doing. Sorry to everybody at Blur that's listening. I have nothing against Blur. I'm just messing with Jared. <laughs> I love that game, Bizarre Creations. But, I mean, yeah. for example, like, yeah, like, you know, Blur was an excellent game, and Blur sold, but it didn't sell to Activision's expectations even um bloodstone bloodstone sold but not to activision's expectations and they just figured that it wasn't worth it and they dropped the ip you know that's kind of how it goes in some cases now i think activision is an extreme example because they have clearly shown if a game is not like you know if it's not a, at least like a five million seller, they don't want any part of it. Exactly. You know, EA I think is a little bit more lenient. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Ubisoft and THQ. You know, for example, like if Homefront was on Activision, I think Activision would have shut her down. You know. Oh yeah, you'd never see it. You don't. You wouldn't see a number two. Exactly. You probably wouldn't have even seen that in general. They would have taken. They would have picked whatever remained off of it and added it to Call of Duty. That's what would have really happened. Right. So, but like you know, the point that he's bringing up is that you don't know double A game development is dying simply because. And double A games are good. Some of our favorite games are double A games. Like you know, I I, I think uh, Mirror's Edge comes to mind first. I'm just going to cite the same game. Yeah, because of how like how well did Mirror's Edge do in the second hand market? Once people kind of got their hands on it, and I was that wasn't a triple A title, that was like a double A title, yeah. you know. So double A games are good; they're considered they're still good games. But 
you know, we're getting less and less double A games. We have so many people going for triple A titles. And the problem with always going for a triple A title, because you would think it's a good thing, you know, shoot for the stars and have a triple A title. It should be a good game, right? The problem with triple A titles is that they follow the same formula because they know it works. And since they follow, you know, they know it works. They keep all the same mechanics. They really don't experiment or try anything new. And that's how you end up with Modern Warfare 2 and 2.5. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, oh, that's yeah. how you end up Absolutely. with that. So, you know, he makes a uh, a very good point here in regards to that. He also makes a good point in regards to marketing and how he thinks that things are kind of changing in terms of marketing because of... Uh, you know, things like Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, in, in so many words or less, he thinks that in, in the next five years, we're going to start seeing less TV ads for for games. And we're going to see, you know, right now, marketing departments are working on building communities rather than just getting ads in people's faces. Which I Way think, to be like 10 years behind PC console. Yeah, no, stop jacking our swag. Thanks. Um, hold on a second, I'll put my sunglasses on. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's kind of the way it's been going with PC for a while. And I think since we're seeing uh, a migration of more, you know, game developers, like, you know, the people who actually make the games to their own indie studios, we're seeing more and more of this and they're kinda of seeing how 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 well it's working out, you know, for them. So, you know, you're gonna see more and more larger publishers trying to build communities around their their titles. I mean, it, on Twitter, how many companies have social media managers now? You know what I'm saying? Interacting with people, you know, like a uh, Major Nelson, you see, or one of the Swords, who is actually really good at, uh, you know, interacting with the fans of the series. And Activision got lucky on that because, so I've seen some of these marketing managers, and like, you see, <laughs> not marketing managers, but like the social community media managers, managers. The community managers, and you see them on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, they could just totally replace you with a robot. You know, <laughs> like, but at yeah. least at least he's pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they're gonna they're working on building these communities. Uh, one thing he brings up is the fact that they, they can save a lot of money on TV advertising and possibly put that money back into the game, which would be awesome. Even though I think I would miss Halo commercials, even though I don't play Halo, I love Halo commercials, dude. They put out fantastic trailers and commercials. <laughs> they do put out fantastic commercials, and even I, actually, Epic made fun. Of the um, the Halo Three commercial, yeah, um, they made up one of whole yeah the diagram, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, the Bulletstorm commercial, with yeah. the Bulletstorm. Those are really good. They made fun of Call of Duty too, and I think a few was there something else, or was it just the two of them? I can't remember, but like I know they made fun of Halo. I'm like, hey, I like that commercial. <laughs> you know, <laughs> believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, like that. I think that'd be awesome if they could save money on. Uh, on uh, you know TV advertisements uh, and put that back into the game. Um, yeah, as long as they don't just spend that money on like social advertising instead, somehow they'll find yeah, a way. They'll find a way. They'll find a way to lose that money there. Actually, they should hey, put man, that. Marketing departments still need to keep their jobs, so they'll find a way to convince them that they still need to do certain things. If they if, if they do put that money into marketing, put it into whatever uh, budget the review copies go into, so you can send us review copies of stuff, please. 
Like the, yeah, the, send out more of them to people. Yeah, you guys should do that, totally. On time. It would, it would help if you sent it to us before the game came out. But I'm not complaining. Send it to me after, too. I don't care. It's all good. We'll review your game for you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and for our readers. Yes, yes. But uh, Let's not forget those guys. Not forget those guys. So the last thing he talks about is that console needs to, uh, I guess, embrace the microtransaction model. And the, and the service model. He says that game revenue has moved to that service model. Um, yes, I, I do believe that they are definitely pulling cash from that, but I don't think, I don't, I really hope we don't see a full shift to something like that. Like, because the thing is, like, do you, the games industry is making a lot of money. $81 billion a year? I think that yeah. number, yeah, I think that number is pretty much accurate. $81 billion a year. Yeah, I think you're doing okay. so many other are struggling yeah yeah you know you know i mean it it's had its you know share of lumps in the last in the last year or so but like i mean a year plus ago it was like the can't fail industry you know it was like the one industry that was recession proof yeah you know like it was and it's still doing rather well especially in comparison to a lot of other ones so I don't. I don't think that that's a good a good look either. That everything all of a sudden goes to you know free to play and you know many microtransactions and stuff. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's room for different things to adapt to that kind of a model. I mean, look at DCU, uh, DC Universe Online. I, they switched over to free to play. And gained a million users. Yeah, they started with thirty percent increase. They started with thirty. No, 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 no. That was the initial report. They yeah, started with thirty thousand people. Yeah. And afterwards, they had got they had the thousand thousand percent increase. They had three hundred thirty thousand people on. Now they've had over a million people join. Oh my god! So like, and I mean, oh, like that's that. that. That's like in a week. Um, I gotta raise my hand for that because when I saw it was free to play, I downloaded it. <laughs> yep, I downloaded it on PS3 and on my PC. I See, look at you, Rob counted twice. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, really? Okay, let's do this. I because I played the you know I played the beta and stuff like it was interesting, but I I just wasn't willing to you know go out and shell out money for a retail copy and pay a, a monthly fee. Yeah. But but and but see the thing is like that's really impressive. But it means nothing if people don't convert, you know, exactly. doesn't convert into transactions. And so it remains to be seen how well that does. And for some games, it's going to work. Some games, it won't. Yeah, I think honestly, it'll I hope it doesn't work that well. That's <laughs> <laughs> serious. Because, like, I, I really don't want to see every game, like, like Caps is talking about, shoving 20 cent transactions and all this shit in my face. I really, I, I think, honestly, we're already too out of freaking control with that. Like, go on the Xbox Live Marketplace and look at all the, it doesn't hurt me. Because I don't have to buy it, but I just look at all the stupid shit that people spend money on on there, and just like, man, this is just good. This is how it starts, and then it's just going to get more and more pervasive. That's different, though. Like the Avatar store and all that dumb shit. Like that is that's that's different. And I don't think that that free to play works for every game model. In fact, I don't think it works for a lot of traditional games anyway. Like, well, I'm even talking about like Gears of War. You can buy like weapon skins and shit. Right, and for some people they like that. That stuff. matters for some people, but not right, but not enough that they're gonna that they're gonna convert over to to a free to play model. Like tr- seriously, like they, it's not like that they see such a rise in people who want like a leopard print skin for their lancer that they're gonna not sell their sixty dollar game. 
Anyway. No, I don't think they are either, Rob. I'm, right. I just, I'm just talking about in the context of his quote, what Mike is saying. Like the, he's saying that consoles need to have more twenty cent transactions and and stuff. And I, maybe, maybe he just means stupid hats for your avatar. <laughs> if that's where they want to do that, fine, whatever. I just won't buy it. Yeah, well, I but think- I just. I hate to see that get more and more into like games that I'm playing. I can understand what Nick is saying because the industry does have a tendency to do things like if the if let's say DC Universe Online does it really really well with this, right. the industry the industry has a, a tendency no, to jump on board stuff. So. Exactly, yeah. look, bandwagon. Look yes. what happened with Call of Duty when Bobby Kotick was like, "Yeah, we're going to take it yearly," and then he took it yearly and it worked. How now, now you have EA trying to make a battlefield every year. You have every you have all these publishers trying to make yearly installments. Assassin's Creed, which I love Assassin's Creed, and I think we've been really lucky so far. And this will be the second year that it's been yeah, the no, second year third. that it's been yearly. Well, no. Be, oh, no, we had we had Assassin's Creed two, two Brotherhood, and then Brotherhood. Brotherhood and Revelations. This will be the third year. No, but I'm saying like. When they did Assassin's Creed 2, that's when they announced Brotherhood will be out next year. And then after Brotherhood, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like they did this will be the second. The, this will be the second consecutive year. It's been yearly. Exactly. That's what no, I'm trying it's the to third, say. Isn't it? No, because it no. came out a year after two, but, didn't it? Right, but you're still only talking Brotherhood and then Revelations. Yeah, well, those well, are the only two that were yearly. Assassin's Creed right, 2 didn't right. come out. I'm just saying there were three years. There were three games. Well, yeah. three games, yes. And the, 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 the and the difference is with the with the Brotherhood is the fact that Brotherhood was like a lot of it was done. A lot of that stuff was supposed to be in Assassin's Creed 2, and it was too much, so they made Brotherhood. So that's one thing. But then to say like when Brotherhood came out. They had not planned to make another Assassin's Creed the next year. Actually, um, the creative director, which I think at the, at the time was still Patrice Desolitz, mm-hmm. he said, you won't see another Assassin's Creed next year. And then a month after Brotherhood came out, they're like, yeah, we're going to have another Assassin's <laughs> Creed next year. <laughs> because it did About so well. all that other noise. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, it did so well. So, you know, even game, I, I don't think Assassin's Creed should be yearly. But yeah, there's, so, there's lots of know. series that shouldn't be, but they yeah. do it We're anyway. We're getting one next year again, too. Let's not forget about that. They've already announced there's one coming next year. Yeah, but yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the effect of Bobby Kotick making the decision to, go, to make yearly franchises. Uh, you know, uh, you know and, what's ironic about that, though? And I guess maybe it's not irony. I guess it's just funny. But... The fact that like Call of Duty does come out every year, but Call of Duty does not have the same team make it every year as so right. many other like iterations Very of true. you know series do. You know, you don't have two different teams working on Assassin's Creed. You only have one. You know, right. you only have one team from Ubisoft working on it. So when they pump out a game every year, like that's a lot. That's a a whole different ball game of pressure than it is for Infinity War to have two years and to you know get blops to you know, pass the time for people who want a Call, a Call of Duty game so that they can spend two years making the next one. Right. Yeah. So The only problem with that is that now you got um, Triarch trying to make their games as much like Infinity Wards as possible. And they're right. Bless their hearts. But, but really you're right, fine. Rob. I, I agree with what you're saying. Bless their little hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless their little totally informed hearts. Yeah. yeah. Like you guys. Um, 
But, yeah, but this Assassin's Creed is weird because I keep buying it every year too. <laughs> That's not it's weird, weird though. As long as it's okay, I just think it can't survive doing that over yeah, long. Over time. Yeah. Eventually, but, it's going to get. It's going to be like really. Didn't I play this game last year? But you can. I, one thing. It's it's kind of funny now that I think about it. Is they look at Call of Duty and they're like, yeah, we can totally do that. But they don't look at the other yearly Activision product projects. Um, where's Tony Hawk? Trash. Where's Rock Band? Oh, not Rock Band, but um, Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Trash. It's sitting on the in somebody's waste basket right now. Right, you know? and, oh, Blizzard, and, and it's funny because Blizzard, the the bigger the bigger half really of their their business model, I would say, doesn't do anything yearly. Yep. They do the complete opposite. Yep. They as make you wait forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be done when it's done. But I want it done right now. That's kind of how it goes over here. <laughs> yeah, but people see the big numbers. They see the the Hollywood status, the entertainment, you know, juggernaut, and then that's that's what the industry wants. Because I I I seriously, I really, I mean, we'll probably touch on this again later, so I'll, I'll leave it. But I, I sincerely believe that the industry like really wants to be Hollywood. Like it wants to be the new Hollywood. Oh yeah, you know, in its own way. So I think that that plays into when you see you know Call of Duty sell more. In a, in a day than Battlefield 3 sold over a week, you know, and Battlefield 3 sold a lot, you know, it sold over 6 million copies and, and Call of Duty sells more Chum than change. that in a day like, that's what everybody wants that's that's what everybody wants so they're yeah. gonna jump on that model you know, they don't look at the long term, they don't look at the other side of the coin, they see that side of the coin, that's the coin they want <laughs> right. but, um, yeah, but like kind of pulling back to the original conversation because right. we've kind of gotten far there from that. There was one. There was one. <laughs> DC Universe. We'll see, like you know, how well it does because they're they're bound to release some reports probably in the next month or so. Yeah, you know? and I mean, and they've had to adjust massively to that. Like, I mean, they've had no end of like you know login issues and queues because there's so many people now that want to play it. So you know, there's and. That costs money too, you know. Before people even start spending money in microtransactions, you got to account for server load and stuff like that. If it if it does really well, then great. But if all those, you know, you know, maybe only ten thousand more people spend any money on that game, then it kind of, in its own way, was a failure. Considering how much more they've got to put out on the back end versus what they're getting in, yeah. So right. So I mean, it, I, 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 my last thing, like, I do understand what Caps is saying, like. Not so much that about, you know, like everything needs to be more microtransactions, but I agree that consoles should be more flexible. I didn't even realize that you that, you know, a publisher can't set their own prices for like their own microtransaction stuff on the like on a store. Like that that you know, so like PSN or, or Xbox Live, they set those prices. Yeah, it's because you have to pay in Microsoft points. I, I know, but like it's still funny to me that like you can't you can't opt for how much you want. I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of negotiation, but that, like, you can't say, say, you know, like, I don't think the skin is worth $2. I want it to be $0.50. Cents. Right. And Microsoft's like, can't make that happen, bro. That's That doesn't make any sense in points, you know, or whatever the case is, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, uh, and like, that's... don't make points if it don't make sense. Uh, right, and I'm like, that's... And, and that's silly. It, and, like, I think that there does need to be a flexibility there. Like, not that everything should go microtransaction, but, like, even for DLC and things like that, like, Publishers should be able to set their price. You know, like it's kind of funny because you get mad when you see something go up on a network, and you're like, "Why is it that I can walk into a store and buy a disc and that cost me sixty dollars, but you want me to download it on PSN and it still costs me sixty dollars?" Right. Yeah. You know, for no particular reason, and it's funny because it's like, well, in a way, it's not all them. 
all the time. And right. when you start pissing off the third parties with stuff like that, that's when they start looking elsewhere to bring their games. Yeah, like actually, Caps mentioned here, he was like, you know, that's like how you know that's the best way of driving developers to PC to places like Steam. Yep. Which is the land of milk and honey for developers, apparently. So <laughs> it's worked out really well for a lot of people. So. Yeah, has, <laughs> hey. has, you know, hey, but um, yeah. So I, I was surprised. Like I said wrapping this topic up, I was gonna say I'm surprised that I agreed with so much of what he said. Besides, maybe not so much of the last thing. But uh, you know, we'll see what he says. He's a major player in the industry, so maybe he should throw he could throw his weight around. Maybe I can get him to care about dedicated handhelds. Help us out there too. There you go. That's just wishful thinking. <laughs> um, but now, as I understand it, we're going to talk about something that we never get into. Yeah, now the, begins... This little game comes out every year. What is that? Now begins Modern Warfare 3 Palooza on Mash Those Buttons, <laughs> episode 28. A <laughs> um, couple topics regarding Modern Warfare 3. First of all, um, we're going to start with... <laughs> Something that should be fairly quick because this just shouldn't happen. Uh, one of the developers from, well, one of the members from Sledgehammer, uh, he on Twitter, uh, actually it's uh, Glenn Schofield um, from Sledgehammer Games. He took to Twitter and pretty much asked uh, asked his followers to go to Metacritic and help him help out with the score because on Metacritic the uh, the user score was apparently very low. It Ram. still is. Yeah. It's like still like two point seven on Xbox. It's gone up to like three point one on PS3, and PC is still terrible too. Yeah, like one point five. Like so, those are really shitty ratings. <laughs> yeah, the user score is extremely low, and I'm like, are you serious? That's kind of shameful, especially because even like when Portal Two came out, it was getting it had really low user scores. Like it was down in the fours. Yeah, that and, was like a four or five. <laughs> you know, and I didn't see Gabe coming out to give the command to like, please help us out, because that that would have went up to like an eight quick, because I would have been on there like you know for five hours. Make sure. <laughs> yes, G- yes, Gabe Newell. Whatever you say, master. <laughs> yeah. Who's in charge of who? in this hostage situation your will shall be done <laughs> you know? but um just bring me half-life 3 anyway but, but um yeah so yeah he took to twitter and he asked uh you know i guess his twitter followers which i would imagine are a lot since you know he helped make modern warfare 3 uh to to help them out with the metacritic score now i do know a lot of people out of spite are just gonna go and rate it zero yeah going uh, even lower these people have no lives, but that's clearly what's happening. Exactly, but the thing is, like a lot of those people go to Metacritic, they take it. A lot of people go to Metacritic, take it seriously, mm-hmm. and will rate it, you know, whatever they think it is. And I think there's more of those people than people who are going to rate it zero, because the people who are going to go there and rate it zero are kind of just like trolls. They're trolls. Yeah, yeah, they're just oh, trolls. Yeah. And they're kind of just drop kind of out of here. <laughs> yeah, they're really. just trolls, and there's more people uh, who actually would give their honest opinion who use Metacritic. Those are the people those are the type of people who use Metacritic. They're people who care about Metacritic. Right. I mean the they only care reason- about the score, they care about what the perception of it is to the public. Because even even when you get to critic scores, like I mean you go to Modern Warfare right now and it's like an eighty nine. And compared to a lot of games, like it's got a lot more reviews on Metacritic. Not just like that more people reviewed it, but like a lot of the scores are on Metacritic, whereas a lot of games I see that, you know, they'll have like 20 or something for a major game. Like Modern Warfare has like 48 scores on Metacritic. And it's just funny how many of them are like 10s. 
like it's like two moderate reviews and nobody who like disliked it on Metacritic. Like I don't know, it just says something. But user scores, they got no reason. They have they've got they've got nothing to lose by rating it exactly what they think it is. Exactly. Like I, there's not a, yeah, I definitely think it's more people who actually use Metacritic giving them low scores, honestly, than you know, people who <laughs> people who are just trolling. I mean, I know a lot of people who got Modern Warfare. I know a lot of people I got I, it and I don't How could you not? I mean we care. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know how many people bought it. How could you not know a lot of people who have it? That's very true. Good observation, Nick. I know. <laughs> but, Put those uh, numbers together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, um, I'm not stupid. I'm smart. I do math. <laughs> You're yeah. my abacus. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. God damn it, Nick. That's <laughs> because he, like, he had a thought of, like, you know, like Nick dressed up like Leonardo da Vinci and his ass is creepy using an abacus to, like, do some math. It's a Leonardo! <laughs> I love that that's like the only Italian anyone speaks in those games. Assassino! Like every three seconds. Yeah. But now that we've gotten completely and utterly off topic once yeah. again. I hey, do know what I was we going to say. Enough for his, his loss of thought. Yeah, yeah thank you. Really, well, it was we're killing fault. time. This is a time waster. It was totally. Do we totally have filler fault. music we can play? I was just going to say, like the, what was it, with the Oscars? exactly that's what we need i was just gonna say i know a lot of people who play it or who have it and not a single pro well no two people that i know have it actually liked it out of everybody that i know everybody else has just said it was a 60 dollar map pack that was out the best other than the two people who just liked it because that's just what they do um one person who's who's definitely like very well balanced he just said you know it's the same thing as modern warfare 2 so if you like modern warfare 2 mm-hmm. you know you got you should like this game you should give it the same rating but a lot of people feel that when i pay 60 dollars for another game i should be getting a new experience and i can totally i can totally understand that but there's no way this game is as bad as, as like a 1.5, 2 points. I like that's ridiculous. But you know what? If the community thinks so, it is. Like, yeah. it, it, regardless. You're right. They're entitled to say whatever they want. But like you said, these people, like, this is just trolling. I, so, to a certain it, extent, yes. But for it to be so widespread, I mean, like, yeah, there's a certain amount of trolling that's going on there, sure. But for the fact that, I mean, especially that, like, I mean, his 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 Twitter status is gone now. That you know, that was deleted pretty quickly. Um, as far as him asking people to, you know, kind of like bump their score. Oh, and notice that. that. Notice he said, "Help our user score." He didn't say, "Go and go and you know, go and rate it whatever you think it is." He said, "Go help us." Like, there's a very different wording in there. I would almost be like, okay, whatever. If he was like, you know, it seems like, you know, there's a kind of a only one cross section of like people that, you know, you know, are, are, are on Metacritic voting for it user score wise. Like, you know, go on there and put your opinion in the mix. It'd be one thing if you just put your opinion in. Another thing to say, help us. Like, yeah. that is literally a cry for nines and tens and, and rating us highly because we, that looks bad on us. And but, here's the thing. Does, do they even need any help? 
though. But they don't, because look at need any help at all. That's what I mean. Look at the critic scores. Obviously, it doesn't need any help. They're flying people out to hotels and letting them shoot guns and inviting them to Hollywood parties, and they got biggest convert- entertainment release of all time. <laughs> right, exactly. They don't need help, you know, in that sense. But it's just, it's just funny that, and I, and this is why I don't think it's necessarily trolling, so to speak, because. Even with like that, you know, being said, and like, of course, that's gotten reported everywhere now. Like this news about him asking everybody, so people know what the scores look like right now. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people who like Call of Duty. Those scores haven't really gone up that much, and that still that still tells me something. That tells me it's more than just trolling to a certain extent. It tells me that like there's a large section of gamers that are tired of it. As much as that game might sell, as much as even people who like who, like me, are not in love with Call of Duty, but buy it anyway, you know. You're part of the problem, Rob. I know, I know part of the problem, but it's not an unenjoyable experience. It's just that after a certain point, you want more, you know, but you still buy it because your friend bought it and you want to play with them, whatever the case is. You know, there's a little bit of peer pressure. But it's good that we have some people at NTB that are playing the game, too, because obviously people want to hear about it, love it or hate it. Yeah, but... um, but that just tells me that like for the most part as many people as are buying it that most gamers are tired of it you know like not just not necessarily it's status i don't think anybody's like necessarily jealous you know or anything like that i think that it's more that like call of duty is not all there is and it and it is not a groundbreaking incredibly different game not at this point it, it just simply it simply isn't, regardless of how you feel about Call of Duty. Right. By the time you're on the third iteration of anything, it is not making any. It's not making any new waves that it didn't make two games ago or a game ago. So, I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's necessarily trolling all that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter simply because of how much it's going to sell. And the next year, the same thing's going to happen. It's going to sell even more, break even more records. So he Until was. Present. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so and so he, he was just better off sick, keeping his mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? Just just leave it alone. You don't need it. <laughs> and, and here's here's one look. Here's one thing for Iron before we move on. Even though nobody ever asked anybody to go on the Metacritic and re-rate Portal Two, Portal Two now as a user score sits at like eight point four. Its meta score is also a ninety five, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's but its user score is like an eight point four after sitting around in that four or five range. So without anybody doing anything, like it corrects itself if people deem that it's worth correcting itself. You know, like if they deem that it's worth that score, it's worth that score. Very, very yeah. true. You're not entitled to anything. Yeah, I know. Especially with having a portal. A lot of those reports came very, oh, scores came very, very early. Like people who just, because I don't know, I, I was reading it at work, you know, those, those scores of, of fours and, and below. And even a guy who said, oh, it's a four hour game. The guy absolutely not knowing what he's talking about because just the dialogue portions alone will keep you in that game for eight hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And like, you know, that around that weekend is when I actually got a chance to play it, and, and that's around the same time when you see, saw the scores going up. So, if it's meant to be, the scores will be fine for Modern Warfare. Right. If not, it is what it is. I absolutely agree with Nick. You're not entitled to anything, and yeah. that sense of entitlement seems to run as, to developers as much as it does to gamers. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. been going around a lot lately. Yes. Yeah. Now, the people will tell you 
what you deserve. Right. You are a servant of the people. No, oh, no. Sorry, that's the president. Never mind. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's like us coming out and bitching like, hey, why aren't as many people going to match those buttons as they are IGN? This is ridiculous. You guys need to help us out. Like, we're not entitled to that. We need to work for that. That is very true. And we do every day. Yeah. <laughs> Come read our site. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, we're gonna anybody. <laughs> Moving on from that topic, um, quickly, a guy threatens up to blow, blow up a Best Buy because they ran out of copies of Modern Warfare. Do we um, even have to actually really say anything else other than that? Sentence? Not really. I just want to. I just want to set a record. Str- not a record straight. I just want to kind of tell what happened, and then we're we're out of here on that topic. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, guys waiting in line for Modern Warfare, right? My thing is, dude, if you cared that much, why didn't you pre-order? But anyway, right? Um, so he's in, he's in line for Modern Warfare at a Best Buy. They'll have it. They'll have yeah. it. Right, right. Does this sound like the kind of guy who thinks ahead? <laughs> Obviously, no, Nick. You're absolutely right. He does not think ahead. So, because he couldn't even think ten seconds ahead in this yeah. case. So That's they true. they run out of copies of Modern Warfare. He's angry at the employees. He tells them that he's going to blow the place up. Um, they call the cops. Cops don't pick him up at Best Buy. They pick him up somewhere else because he left Best Buy, went to Walmart, picked up his game, and you know his skin turned from you know green to normal color uh, at that point. <laughs> 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 you know, he also so, threatened to like like pick them off in the parking lot too when they were going to their cars. That's what he. That's what the employee said. He says he didn't say that. Yeah. I don't know. The guy is kind of like. First of all, he's going nuts over you know them running out of modern warfare and it's kind of his fault because he didn't pre-order so he seems wonky like that and there's a possibility he could have said it but then again they are best buy employees they're not the most trustworthy people in the world but anyway it's true minor, there we can say that yes we, we did <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you never know but um that's the thing, like, I, I, you know, unless evidence, like, proof came out saying that he definitely said that, you know what I'm saying, then I would, uh, you know, I, I would have to say that, well, he definitely said that he was going to blow up the building because he, you know, that's what he said. And he was just, he said, well, you know, in his response to the media was just like, you know, he was, he was just mad and he just kind of said that it was an empty threat and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I can understand that. I make empty threats all the time. To people I know, not to people yeah. I don't know. Yeah, given given the world that we live in right now, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the whole you know terrorism and all that fun stuff, or at least the threat constantly, you know, of terrorism and all that fun stuff, that you don't walk any in the, any public place and say I could blow this place up. <laughs> that, I think that that would be common sense at this point. It's a 31 year old man too. Like we're not talking about like some some 18 year old kid or anything like that either. Like let's get this straight first off. 31 year old guy and it just uh, even no matter how mad you are then just be mad, curse, do whatever because like at that point they're just going to deal with it. But the second that you say even if you are completely unserious even if you're laughing while you say it to them that you could blow this place up game's over like you you were lucky that like homeland security didn't like drop out of the fucking ceiling and just fucking take you out right there like it would like it would have been out of call of duty it would have been yeah like soap would have walked in and just threw a knife in the back of his head and just dragged him out the door like you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be you should know better. It's this situation, you know, if that's what it is. Well, how, how about like 
I'm going to call your regional manager and contact the Better Business Bureau and, right. and I'm going to send your CEO a letter. So Those are the kind effective. of empty threats you make here. Yeah. You know, you're going to blow the place up. <laughs> like you said, bro, what's wrong with you in this world we live in? It's ridiculous. And now he's mad. I love this follow-up to it. Now he's mad at the media for covering this story. He's mad at us for pretending him out to be a lunatic who threatened to blow up a store. And like, well, you did it, dude. We didn't make this story up. Exactly. Nobody, nobody, you know, put those words in your mouth. You didn't get baited, you know, by the by the media. It's like some police show. And the fun thing, and like, and the thing is, like, he went to Walmart and got, went and bought the game. I hate people who think that because the game is sold out because you didn't pre-order it because you didn't have the foresight to do so, even though you needed that game. Yeah. That like that you that 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 is the end of the world for you. Like other places have it. He went to Walmart and got it, and then he had the gall to say that he was most upset that they wasted his time. Couldn't you have just like left, walked out the door, went to the other place and bought it, and then went about your business? Exactly, because while you were sitting there yelling, somebody else was already at Walmart. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How much time you wasted now? The police showed up. Yes. How much time did you waste by threatening to blow up a place, even if it wasn't a serious threat or a threat that you had the ability to carry out? How much time did you waste now? Holding cells. Yeah. God. Anyway. People are stupid. Move the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the last topic we're going to talk about is uh, is actually an article from uh, Kotaku. It's an opinion piece by Luke Plunkett. And uh, the name of the article is Why It's Stupid to Hate Call of Duty So Damn Much. Um, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing, of course, but, you know, he basically starts off saying, you know, everybody has their own opinions and you might have different tastes, yada, 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 and that's fine. But he's saying that, you know, there's something wrong with hating Call of Duty, um, especially to the level uh, of people, I guess, trolling forums and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, while I don't support trolling forums, that's not what I do, um, there's definitely very legit reasons to not like Call of Duty or even to to hate Call of Duty. So, according to Luke, if you don't if you hate if you uh if you he says you really don't hate Call of Duty, but you enjoy being an obnoxious elitist. And when I saw this, I kind of I I said at that point I I have to talk about this because I'm an obnoxious elitist when it comes to PC. And you can ask Rob because he's played Team Fortress with me. He's seen me firsthand. <laughs> but um, it's a good time. It, it is join us. Yes. <laughs> See, hey, I'm an obnoxious elitist, but it's a good time. Yeah. So everybody Julie has editors of MTB for a night of obnoxious elitism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? That's our next community play date. Right now. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> I'm literally gonna write that down right now. <laughs> that is awesome. So, but you know. <laughs> I had to say something because I mean it, you don't even have to play games with me. Uh, if you listen to this Mashcast, you know how I feel about certain things, and I'm not fucking around. I'm dead serious about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> so I thought like, you were just playing. <laughs> no, not, well, some stuff I am, some stuff I'm not, and there are very legit reasons why people, uh, you know, do not like Call of Duty. He's saying that you know we preferred it when games were seen as uncool and we don't think that people who play Madden or uh, or buy Call of Duty once a year are gamers or real gamers we we're, we're uh, you know real gamers and I'm like okay um first of all in my opinion if you only buy Madden and play Madden or if you only buy Call of Duty and play Call of Duty you're not a gamer you're just somebody who likes to play games gamers are totally different 
that's, 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 that's something totally not totally different, but that's different. I think even you guys who were not obnoxious elitists can agree with me that if you only buy one game a year, you're not a gamer. You're just somebody it, it, who. It was a point I was games. going to make later that yeah. if you it, it's fine to play Call of Duty, to play Madden, to only play WoW. Like pick your game. Like if you only, but if you only play that game, like you you really aren't a gamer. Like you only have stake in that one game. That's all you care about. You know, like, because there are literally people that that is it. You know, they buy a 360, they buy a PS3, they buy a PC, and they only play that one game. They don't play anything else. Exactly. And that's yeah. and that's fine because you have the right to do that. But you're not a gamer. Like, you really aren't part of the community. Really, like, you're part of the Call of Duty community, but you're not part of the gaming community. He tries to make the point that you know, you know, you don't ever see people calling themselves moviers. But I'm like, that's actually kind of untrue. You know, you don't necessarily have a community of people that like movies. You you do because a lot of people like movies. They're universal, you know. But not everybody likes every movie. There um, are movie snobs. There right. are no, movie but, snobs out but see, there. Let's that that's shit. But that's what I mean. Like you have people who are movie critics who who see themselves as movie critics and see themselves as being, you know, in like a different set of a community than just the the normal popcorn watching Transformers loving moviegoer. Right and like, but it, but it's the same type of thing. But they're not, you know, they don't call themselves moviers, but they do call themselves, you know, whatever they call, it, you know, a movie critic or or whatever. You know, there are there are subsets doors. in yeah. any yeah in anything. <laughs> so I guess I agree with like, you know, I hate is such a strong word, but I don't. But see, like, even not being a you know an obnoxious elitist, like. It's not that I hate Call of Duty necessarily, because people have the absolute right to like that game. My, I think my problem has more to do with what Call of Duty represents for the gaming industry. And it's like I was saying earlier, that, that I said I was going to get back to, but the industry wants to be Hollywood so very badly. And Call of Duty is like the ultimate fulfillment right now of that fantasy. Like, it... You know, Hollywood the, wishes they were Call of Duty. Right, exactly. Well, that's yeah, that's true. So but I'm like, you, you know, that's. But I mean, like, that's. But I, I mean, it in the sense that, like, you know, not only just like as far as money goes, but as far as like, you know, the big parties and having famous people, you know, even though they don't really like your shit at all, they're just looking for publicity, like your shit, you know, you know, people going out and you having branded jeeps and, and vehicles and planes oh, and whatever, right? You have big commercials, you you know, like you're as big as a movie without. Ever being a movie like it's the like Call of Duty is the ultimate fulfillment of that fantasy and while that fantasy isn't wrong the, the problem is that like when you get to that when you see Call of Duty like that's what the whole industry wants to be and that's fucking terrible yeah like because that's not no <laughs> that's not what it should be it's not what it should be that's not what it's necessary that's not what it, it's about you know that's how you get yearly install like like jared said earlier like that's how you get yearly installments of the same shit over and over and over until it's no longer viable you know like it, it, this one phenomena doesn't mean that that is the way yeah yes everybody wants to make lots of money duty man but i, right. I hate this idea of people just being like that's the game industry like people right. looking in from the outside, yes. just Call of Duty is video games, and like that's the game. Oh, all the gamers are playing that Call of Duty game. What really most of the people playing it are not that big of gamers. Not that there aren't, and that's fine. It's fine. You want to go play and have fun with it. I don't think Call of Duty's bad. I just like you said before. I think it's the same thing every year. I bought the first two Modern Warfare's. I'm sick of it now. It, 
they come out with something else that's different and good, I'll give it a try. I'm tired of it now. So it's the same thing. But everybody looks at it like that's what the gamers are doing, Call of Duty. Oh, you're you're a gamer. You must play Call of Duty, you know? Right. You must play them shooter games. Yeah. You know, like it's like they it, it's looked at like that is the best game. Like, right. And that's and it's silly because not only is it the power fantasy for the industry, like for the industry itself, but from the outside looking in, like that's all they see of gaming. And Call of Duty is not representative of gaming as a whole. It's not. And like, I, and and if and if there's a reason that I don't like Call of Duty, that's it. Like the those two things put together, like the power fantasy and and the the idea that that is gaming, like that's everything that's wrong with Call of Duty. And that's that's ultimately ultimately what Call of Duty you know implies. You know, like just by existing, because you know that's how media covers it. Everything, everything around it. It's a media circus. You know, it's why, you know, I look, you know, today and see that like Skyrim had like a Hollywood party and that you have like Christina Aguilera and and, and, and <laughs> fucking like, and Dave Navarro. Yeah, yeah. And, and fucking Dave Navarro and uh, David Arquette, although I guess he I, he is kind of actually gamer, but like you have all these these fucking people there and you're like name three of these people who gives an actual shit about Skyrim, like, who actually are going home and playing that game after this party is over, who is not just there for publicity, or not there because they were paid to be there, or not there because it's a free fucking Hollywood party. Like, seriously. Like, send maybe some free copies that you sent to them instead. <laughs> you don't actually right. play them. Like, who the fuck even knows? What, uh, name, name two of those people who know what a Dragonborn is. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, and that's, and, and that's the problem because, you know, like, that, that sort of, you know, persona, that sort of thing is fine for Call of Duty, but unfortunately it doesn't, it doesn't limit itself to Call of Duty. Everything wants to be that. And I don't think that Skyrim needs a Hollywood party because gamers obviously, you know, with 250k plus people playing it, you know, at one time, you know, more people than are playing the new Modern Warfare that sold so many copies, you know, that that is the thing that matters, you know, that that it's not about the parties and all the bullshit and all that. Like that, that ultimately is only going to hurt the industry and hurt creativity and all that fun stuff that, you know, we don't, we're not going to get the games that we want. So fuck all that. And that's, that's my problem with call of duty. Like, so hate, yeah, hate's a strong word. I wouldn't necessarily say I hate it. I hate what it represents. You know, uh, from the obnoxious elitist camp, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the other perspective. <laughs> exactly. Now reporting live on location from the obnoxious elitist camp in their top secret location of doom. Yeah, but, exactly. But, um, na, 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 na. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it's not even about who plays Call of Duty. It's not about Call of Duty gamers or people, you know, not being gamers. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, like, I know people who are gamers that play Call of Duty happily. You know right. what I'm saying? Um. The call, it's about the game and what it's done to the first-person shooting genre. Okay, um, that's true too. You have a you have a different stake in that than than most. <laughs> yeah, like okay. I mean, it's the industry picks up on concepts that go that 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 do well. Okay, I mean, look look at what I mean. And Halo wasn't even a PC game, but look at what Halo has done. Halo killed off the health bar. <laughs> okay, if it wasn't for Halo we would still have health bars and health packs and things of that nature. But everybody has regenerating health at this point, you know? Um, but what Call of Duty, I mean, like, now 
every shooter, every every shooter has some type of perks and upgrades you can get. A leveling system, even though I think, well, it was Battlefield that actually started the leveling system, but Call of Duty took it to a whole new level. Right, um, they they really broke it up and gave you perks and items and a lot of different stuff, not just levels and just a weapon or something on each level, yeah. but like attachments and all that fun crap. Every game does that now. Another yeah. thing that a lot of games do uh, now is, you know, your weapon selection kind of doesn't matter as much as it should. I mean, look at, like, Modern Warfare. The, the, I'll tell you about the day that I stopped playing Modern Warfare 4. Well, Call of Duty 4. I was playing, um, I don't remember the name of the map, but it's a map with the two buildings in, in Modern Warfare. Oh, that one. Yeah, and the, nice. the statue in the middle. Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now? With I the statue it. in the middle? Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, that's right. Hush your mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up now. It's got two buildings and shit. Yeah. I wasn't done, see? <laughs> People shoot each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it was, that, it was that map with the statue in the middle, two apartment buildings across from each other. Guy with a sniper rifle in one of the buildings up above me. He's trying to kill me, shooting at me. He's missing. I think... The P90, I don't know, I forget what it's called in Call of Duty, but take the P90, fire one bullet, boom, headshot. P90 is a submachine gun, shot it at very long range, could barely see the guy, headshot at him. And I finished up that round, and then I uninstalled Call of Duty that day. Modern War, I uninstalled Modern Warfare that day because I'm like, there's no point in me even playing this game if the guns don't really matter. So now you have games that are doing things like that. Um, when modern warfare uh they have the they have all the realism of all these guns and the names and the attachments and what they look like and, and everything except for how they actually fire exactly. or how they actually perform doesn't mean a thing another thing that bothers me is the fact that now single player is just thrown to the wind like nobody pays attention to their single player any oh, I should say nobody very few games that have multiplayer pay attention to the single player except like bad company i think was an exception like bad company uh was an exception because bad company had a phenomenal multiplayer but also had a phenomenal single player um medal of honor had a phenomenal single player disgusting multiplayer and now i'm hearing that battlefield 3 has a phenomenal multiplayer but terrible single player as well Yep. You know, so like single player has been like kind of thrown to the side. They're just like Modern Warfare Two. I mean, that what was that single player five hours long? Was it? <laughs> you know, when I finally played it, and then and that's the thing. That's what's getting us elitists is what it's doing to the industry. Yeah, it's you know games. You know, we knew for a while games were getting dumbed down. Okay, but that slope—I mean, that that decline just turned to a slope when it came like after Call of Duty was so successful, and then Modern Warfare Two was so successful, and then this, in this uh, Modern Warfare, um, they had already confirmed that in multiplayer, there's less angles you can get shot from at any given time, which is once again dumbing the game down because now you can kind of poke your head out and look around and know you might be okay, or there's there's definitely less chance of you just getting popped in the head because your head is up. You know? Yeah, like, I, let me tell you how you can't fucking do that in Battlefield at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> it it, ta- it almost takes time to adjust because it, it has, you know, I didn't play Battlefield back only to that much on PC. You know, I I was a latecomer to it and, and really only had it for, like, a month before... It's okay, brother. Right, before Battlefield 3 came out because I didn't have a PC that could really play it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, 
you have to adjust that mindset. But you walk out into any of those maps, even the ones that are supposed to be like the smaller, more like infantry maps, like there there are no vehicles and stuff going on, and you, there's an amazing amount of ways to die <laughs> places to die from you're like how like oh i didn't even fucking realize that you could be up there you know or be in that area you know like and it, it's just like there's it's a different experience you know there's different interplay with your teammates and all that stuff and call doesn't have that and in fact it, it like you said keeps getting less you know it keeps keeps dumbing it down well call of Duty doesn't exist in a bubble is a lot of the problem like jared is saying like it is bleeding over into, at oh, the yeah. very least, pretty much every other shooter. And yep. like, how many shooters want to be Call of Duty? I, we've talked everyone, about it before. Everyone because of money. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it before, how we're, we're sick of it. Just be your own game and be successful in your own way. We don't want to play the same game all the time. Even, even if every year Call of Duty came out, even if every year they came out and was the best shooter on the market, bar none, like, no question. I still wouldn't want every other game to be Call of Duty because I would want to play other things. Experiences, yeah. You want yeah. different experiences. You don't want the same experience over and over. Even if you know Call of Duty is the best game ever, you don't want every game to be that because you played it. You did right. exactly. Exactly. I want something else now, and I'm totally with Jared. With like the destruction of single player is is awful. I hate it. Like people just people like rip it. If a game comes out with just single player, it's almost like, oh, it's piece of crap. Look at what happened. That. That. How could you even what do happened that? Happened to Love Honor. Yeah. yeah, like seriously, that was like a phenomenal people. game. Yep. yep, but people knocked it because single multiplayer was not it was not up to bar. But like it, it's like most of those people didn't even try and play the single player game. You know, that's the yeah. it's the way. Because they would have been a and I'm not putting the flag if they did. Player. I love multiplayer, <laughs> right. but like, why can't we have great single player games too? Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's fine if you'd only had a single player too. To be honest, I'm fine with that as long as it's not like four hours. I would kind of love to see it. I would kind of love to see that. I would like to see you know you have Medal of Honor be a single player only game. I would like to see Bad Company two. You know, still have you know a little bit of both, and then have Battlefield three be a multiplayer only game. Like, fine. <laughs> Why is Half Life Two still widely considered by so many like actual gamers? Not I buy Call of Duty and Madden every year, people. By actual gamers to be the best shooter out there. Still, seven years later, yeah, it was only single player. That's because Gabe it touched did, it. And it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because Gabe Newell was not locked in Jared's basement back then. Yeah. <laughs> he also was not locked to Call of Duty. Yeah, and exactly. it, it Call of Duty. It has, you know, has just bled to other games, too. I mean, like, why does Dead Space have a multiplayer? Yeah, that was so unnecessary. Why does Uncharted have a multiplayer? Like, games yeah, that shouldn't have mul- effect. Yeah, have a multiplayer. Effect. Like, yeah. there's games that shouldn't have multiplayer that have multiplayer because of Call of Duty. Yeah. And usually when they do it, they make it feel as much like Call of Duty as they possibly can. Like, p- people, I, I didn't want to say it in the review, but Uncharted 3's multiplayer, it just... It's Uncharted, but it takes the Call of Duty like blueprint for multiplayer. It's like, oh, you'd level up, and you nothing wrong with leveling up, but you level up, and then you get all these mods and stuff, and different characters, and helmets, and stupid shit. And it, it's like, I'm so sick of that, to be honest. If I never play another game like that, it'll be too soon. <laughs> mm, I, I, Uncharted, I don't mind as much. Like, I mean, this is a specific example. Like, it. Yeah, they did take a lot of stuff from Call of Duty that you don't need to have, and the whole regenerating health and all that stuff. Like, I kind of feel like I, I would love to see a game where, like, you're that you 
your health does not regenerate at all. Like you take bullets and like you're stuck with that shit. Like you're stuck with your screen bleeding or whatever the fuck you want to do to it. But like I don't necessarily mind a game like say Uncharted having multiplayer because it does play differently. Like it, you know, I, as much as you know, people have issue with how Uncharted actually plays when you're shooting people. <laughs> like I don't, I don't <laughs> mind you know story. the idea of you know like you jumping around on different things and and platforming being mixed in with your you know with your your multiplayer shooter. Like I didn't, I don't mind it. You know, you even still have set pieces and stuff within the multiplayer. Like it's still it's still Uncharted. Well, you know, that's what I said. It's still right. uncharted, but it, like the multiplayer, like blueprint is clearly there from right. Call of Duty. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and and you see that a lot. And I think it's just because now people look at multiplayer as as a cheap and easy way because all you gotta do is put a leveling system and unlock weapons with it to yeah. to extend the gameplay experience. And then you can say, oh look, it's worth that. It's worth the sixty dollars now because you can play it for for hundreds of hours technically. Even right. though that's not even though really like you know you play Bioshock two do you want to play multiplayer you know for hundreds of hours like hell no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real problem with that yeah so I mean there's plenty of reason for for people not to want to play or to dislike Call of Duty not just because they're obnoxious elitist and they turn their nose to other gamers and things like that like basically like I'm you know the 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 link will be in in the show notes uh, and like his like basically he has a perception of you know elitist gamer I mean based off of what he says like I don't even think he's he played Call of Duty 1 or 2 uh, simply from his tone, because I mean, like, if you play Call of Duty one two, you can clearly you, you can see the gaps in the game that what it used to be. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They didn't take Call of Duty two, uh, you know, Call of Duty two's like learning curve and and you know, basically like you know, well, back then shooters used to reward you for actually playing, not by giving you points, but be because you got better at the game and somebody who wasn't as experienced couldn't kill you. You know what I'm saying? It was a huge sense of accomplishment. They didn't take the skill it took to play Call of take, it took to play Call of Duty one, two, or even three, but three was horrible. But even three, um, and make that modern warfare. Like they really just they started making the games more accessible more accessible for people. And now we're kind of getting to the point where like I mean, I'll give an example, uh Black Ops. I played the Black Ops multiplayer once, okay? And this is why. I I played it and I was playing with a buddy. All right. Um, first of all, I was, you know, top one of the top players on the scoreboard, you know, second match I was in. And then by the time I got around to like the third or fourth match, I was either first or second. I was like always above my friend who had been playing this for months at this point. You know, and I'm just like, there's no point in me even playing because I didn't even have the same weapons that he had. I, I, he had better weapons than I did, but yet I was still getting top score in the game that I never really played. Like, there's no sense of accomplishment there. It's like there's no reason for me to play it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know now, like now we have games like that, and that's scary. If I don't want to play a shooter, then you know, if there's nothing for me to really play because there's no sense of accomplishment, you know. One of the things I like about Halo most, and not everybody likes Halo, and that's fine, but one of the things I like about Halo most is that they don't do that Call of Duty shit. You know, there's no, like, I'm beating people that are low level because I've been playing the game long, and I know the maps, and I know where the weapons are, and I know what points in the maps are important, and I've just gotten good at playing it. Not because I have a better weapon than you, because I've played it longer. Right. 
Yeah, and that's actually that's another good point that Call of Duty brought in this whole. Uh, I see. I can't even see elitism. Really, <laughs> I mean, like it really is though. Like if you're first on board and you play it enough, like you are going to have a marked advantage against anybody who enters the yeah. game later than you. And they still like, don't have matchmaking in Call of Duty, right? Well, they, Not they good the, matchmaking. Yeah, for the 360, they do. For well, actually, even for the PC with Call of Duty 2, they do. Uh, Black Ops brought back servers that you can access. Did I didn't play Black Ops? The last one I played was Modern Warfare 2, and that is just just three in against whoever. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, which can work in some games, but when when the people been playing longer have have better shit than you, like it doesn't make any sense. It's not. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, yeah. There's the thing is like, well, for example, with games like UT, um, you know, and, and even like Counter Strike or Call of Duty beforehand. Uh, once you know, if you when you started off, you were noob and you were dying because you were noob and you weren't used to things and you just didn't know how to play that well. And as you played, you got better. You know what I'm saying? And and then the cycle continued. But now it's kind of like. You know, the longer you play, they just give you extra stuff to try to give you the advantage over over people. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's just like really cheap, <laughs> you know, cheap advantages. Like, you know, as a you know, as a noob in let's say Call of Duty Two, I die to that guy because he's a better shot than I am. He, you know, he's a better shot and he's he knows the maps and so forth and so exactly. on. Exactly, I can accept that. But like when I can't, like if I can't kill somebody because they have a weapon that shoots halfway across the map and I can't get close enough to them, that's a different story. You know what I'm saying? Or if they have a weapon that allows them to get a whole bunch of kills, like, you know, a street sweeper pretty much, and, like, they keep on getting the helicopter, that's another story, you know? That, yeah, that. well, let me put it this way. Like, in Uncharted, because they do that unlocking weapon stuff, every time I, I start the game, I look for people that are dead. There's, I forget what the name of the assault rifle was, but there's a assault rifle that I really love. I can't start with it until I get to like level twenty or something, but I I just run around looking for that thing, and once I get that, I'm just so much better. And it's like I gotta wait till people who could start with it die. Yeah. I, I'm like, I was, it's just dumb, and that's the exact Call of Duty does that to the nth degree. Yeah, even yeah. Battlefield Three, I, like it's not as marked, it's not as bad because like a lot of it is so much like team based tactics and stuff, but like it is incredibly annoying to like you know, get taken out halfway across the map because, like, somebody has, like, you know, the third sniper rifle or something for their recon kit. Like, it's, you know, like, yeah, it's cool to kind of, like, get, like, a boost, but, like, sometimes a boost, you're like, really? (laughs) 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 Like, like, I I can't even kind of do that with my recon kit right now because I don't have that gun, you know? And it it does have a bleeding effect. You know, it's... Yeah, but like I, we're, we're gonna wrap this up. Like I can keep on going. I can keep on talking. Yeah, about we why. could talk about this probably for like why why you know <laughs> you know in quotes I'm put obnoxious elitists don't like Call of Duty. But it's not about the players, dude. It's not about us thinking that we're better than other gamers. It's about what the game has done to first person shooting to the gaming industry in general. So th- there you go, Mister Plunkett. You can you can take that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because he uh, he really listens to this podcast. He works at Kotaku and he listens to this podcast so. all the time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our topics. Um, let's talk about last week's question once again. Wookie BH with the save because he actually replied. Uh, 
And uh, the last week's question was, who do you think the most influential person in the game industry is? And so his comment is, it makes sense that the same people who are always talking about how the future of video games is mobile devices with social integration would put Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg at the top of a most influential list. I'm surprised they didn't include Bill Gates in that list. When the PC went mainstream on the back of Windows, it was Gates who slipped Minesweeper and Solitaire into everyone's homes, turning plenty of people into computer gamers, he put that in quotes, without their knowledge. That type of gamer is exactly who these executives covet as a customer, and without a Trojan horse, games on iPad seem a bit less likely. Uh, as for my selection, since... <laughs> Since this list seems to respect the platform inventor more than the actual application uh, of games, my entry for most influential person in the gaming in gaming is the Sumerians who invented the abacus, which they can loosely be argued as the first computer. Without that, nothing follows. See, there's the abacus again. There's the abacus again. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for for that reply, the Wookie, and um. Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty, like, we're, we're, we're all in line with you there, so we really don't even need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah we, we kind of went through a few people we thought were more influential last week. So. Exactly. Now, the question for this week is, do you think dedicated handheld gaming is doomed? And if so, will you miss it? You know, because uh, apparently industry executives think it's doomed. What about... You guys, the actual mm-hmm. gamers, you know. We hear so much doom saying all the time about it. So yeah. exactly, so, a lot of people want it to be doomed. Yeah. So yeah, let us know, and uh, we'll we'll put you on the mass cash next week. Wow! <laughs> wow! What an honor. But um, get a call out. Yeah. So um, all right. So this week coming up for releases, um. Actually, a couple heavy hitters. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that time of year. Is, so this, got, is this the last hurrah? Yeah. This is the last hurrah. This it is. is it. This is the, it. This. We got um, Saints Row the Third, which may not appeal to everybody, but it's still considered a, a major release. Rayman yeah. Origins, which is also not a not a triple A title, but still considered a major. A pretty that big game release. has gotten has been getting pretty pretty good rounds because it's fun. Like, yeah, it's good old fashioned fun. You got Need for Speed the Run coming out, and I think I'm gonna sit this one out. Yeah, I can't. Uh, uh, there's enough other games, especially that yeah. right now that I, I know. Uh, I yeah, the run. I think Literally I'm gonna, just the running. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna set it out. Like I played the demo, and I was just like, no, no, like no. <laughs> and the Michael Bay trailer didn't change my mind. With explosions, I, I don't think attaching Michael Bay to anything really would change my mind. Yeah, like it just—it just didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a good racing game. It didn't really look that great, and it's using the Frostbite two engine. So I finally got to see what that looks like on console, and I'm like, not impressed. Uh, so yeah, but the run comes out for those dying to play a racing game. Uh, Halo is the combat is Halo still coming out next week? Next, the, yes, the, it is the anniversary yes, edition. I'm actually considering getting that. Like I am considering getting that because I did enjoy the first Halo. Yeah, you know you what's know. nice about it too? It's only forty dollars. That is very nice. It's a good price point to come in at. Yeah, we talk. We've talked about that before. I think that more games should come out at different price points. I think that's a very appropriate price point for yeah. that game. Yeah, so that may have cemented me even getting that. And the game of the week. 
Assassin's Creed Revelations. Amen. I cannot wait. This is the reason why I need to beat Arkham City by Sunday. I need to make sure everything is clear and ready to go when Assassin's Creed Revelation comes out. Like, you know, I get off my regular job at 6, 5.59, I'm off the phone on <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> and I am going to my local GameStop to pick up Assassin's Creed Revelations. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Um, we're gonna see if they if if the same team can actually pump out a new Assassin's Creed every every year. And on top of that, without their creative director from from the other Assassin's Creeds, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. They've done a great job of advertising it. <laughs> you know that's for sure. Yeah, you know, there's a new trailer every so, two damn oh days. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Really excited. I've seen us make fun of it, but after, we're after, all excited for the game. But they've gotten so out of control with these trailers. After the E3 trailer with the with the song from Woodkid, oh, they didn't need any other trailers. That was, it. That was, that all, was that what was they needed. needed right there, like Just that right there. right there. Because yeah. before that trailer, I was skeptical. When I saw that trailer, I was in. I was all in. Both feet. I was in. <laughs> Just push all your chips across the table. Like, let's my, go. Like, come on. My, my body is ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> my body is synced. <laughs> you know, that's that's all we needed. So, um, yeah. I'm really excited for Assassin's Creed. And after that, I mean, we, we have December. <laughs> like, it's a cold month for a reason. Huh? What's that? You got Zelda coming out the week after that, so obviously that's going to be a big deal. Oh yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. That that is other a big than deal. that. You're other than that though. You're right. It's. I mean, if you're yeah. a PC guy, you got. Here's over for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Um, Star- last year. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of like what happened last year. Like well, last year, there was um, what WoW came out in December. Like the new WoW yeah. came out, and that was it. But what another thing happened last year that we didn't that kind of took us by storm was the well one the ND uprising. Indie Winter Uprising came out, and there were a bunch of good titles, like indie or arcade titles, that actually came out in December. And I'm like, why not? The big boys, yeah. you know, the giants are sleeping. I think that's a really <laughs> yeah. good strategy. I don't know why December doesn't get more love. Like people I feel like I, I think don't it's know why too- summer doesn't get more love too. Well, that's I mean, like, you know. Well, I think it's because they know a lot of people buy Christmas gifts early. Yeah. They True. buy Christmas gifts early, and so we're like, hey, get all the games out in November. That gives people time to get their Christmas gifts together, Definitely. and that's why. But, but hey, but they you- should think of us procrastinators. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> buy my gifts early. <laughs> <laughs> you're I out there. Think of the procrastinators. You're out there Christmas Eve. <laughs> why don't there, yeah. you have this item in stock? <laughs> Jesus, this is America, isn't it? Where's this goddamn Furby thing, man? Why can't I get this shit an hour before Christmas? Yeah. You mean we can walk on the moon, but I can't get a Furby? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Goddamn Tickle Me Elmo? Really? Why is this all gone? What is this shit? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, that is, uh, that's gonna wrap that up for us. I know the Smash Cast was a little longer. Than, than we really originally planned. We're trying, you know what? We were doing good for a while. They're having them going in like an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20 minutes. And now that we're back from that little break, it's like two hours. We rock. Yeah, we're, <laughs> you know? we're working on getting it back down. But I yeah. mean, there's there's been a lot of good topics and we've been a lot angry about stuff. So that, that tends to lead to us talking longer about yeah. things. Yeah. So when we're happy when it's all good news. It's like, yay, that's good. Yay. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, right now the Mashcast is definitely not a streamable 
podcast. It's definitely a download. Listen now, little listen, a little later. I know people. Most of the people I know who listen listen it like you know in two three parts throughout the week, and we appreciate yeah, that. Lunch breaks, things. Yeah. Like that. Thanks. We really do. Everybody who listens, you exactly. Guys. And if you keep coming back, obviously you're entertained, and we are happy that you are. But uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud uh, slash Smash Those Buttons, Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons, Twitter.com slash MTB Site, and of course Smash Those Buttons.com. We are also on iTunes, uh, which uh, if you're on Smash Those Buttons right now, you'll find the iTunes link. In uh, right before the show notes, um, yeah, and uh, well, always, as always, if you are angry, definitely let Rob Hill Williams know. He wants to, oh, he wants yeah. to know, or happy, angry. you know, yeah, or you happy. Can, yeah, you can, you can hit me. Yeah, well, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> if I gotta deal with it, you... God damn it, Nick! <laughs> Don't encourage anybody to be fucking happy about shit. Only people. Yeah, no, but uh, you can you can reach me and Jess at uh, community at mashthosebuttons.com. Um, and also, as a community note, um, speaking of games during this, this busy period of the year, uh, we are having a giveaway uh, that's going to be taking place uh, this, this coming week. In fact, the day that the... Uh Mashcast. The Mashcast releases, so some people will hear it. Um, Perfect. Uh, we're having a giveaway for Ignite, uh, which is an arcade racing game from Nemesis Games. Um, newcomer to the, you know, complete newcomer to the to the genre and whatnot. Um, and we're having a giveaway five codes. So there's a link on the site, but uh, we'll be doing a giveaway at uh, six on Facebook. We'll be giving away two codes and three more codes on Twitter at eight. Uh, it's going to be trivia. Um, you know, check out the check out the game page on games page on Steam, and check out Jared's review of the game. And you know, they, there could be some helpful things in there for the trivia contest. Uh, but keep an eye out for that because uh, free games. Why not? Yeah, free games. Like all you have to do is answer some questions. <laughs> that's all. That's so all. Not that's even for me. me can be angry about that. Yeah. All right, you guys. So we are out of here. It's it's have to past. retreat to my secret lair. Yeah, Skyrim. the Skyrim, and, <laughs> and I need to actually keep working on on Arkham City so that I, we I can be ready for Assassin's Creed. I can't even say the name; I have to whisper it. <laughs> so oh, sh- don't tell too many people. Yeah, sure, we have to blow up the store if they sell out. No, no, no not. Not we, I don't need Homeland oh, Security bur- busting through security. my windows right now. You keep that. You keep that shut, Nick. See, but we're saying it's the people that we know, as we highlighted earlier. Right, but we know who are listening to our podcast on the internet. <laughs> I know every internet user in the world. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm. All right, time to cut this off. We're out of here. <laughs> you guys have a good night. Peace. See you later, everybody.